0: Listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of culture pop. Wow. We have quite a show for you today. Elden Ring is out, and we decided to base our entire topic around it. S- sort of. Kind uh, of. Only a little only bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh but on top of that, we'll also be talking about uh, you know, the media that we have consumed over the last week. The games we've played, and of course, we have our regularly scheduled picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined, as almost always, by my two co hosts, Dylan Spadistic Tater Martin and Austin Sweet Potate Stevens. What What is this, Dylan? Please inform me about your um, uh, affinity for potatoes.
1: It's just this episode. It'll change next week.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. I like that. I'm, I'm glad that that's a thing.
1: Didn't? Wasn't last week the week that we talked about GLaDOS and her potato? Yes. Ah, so this is two weeks in a row. Potat action. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, all about the potates.
1: Now I gotta keep it going for week three, actually. You might hear back from me. I don't know. Oh God. we'll see. Maybe He's everyone's called. name at the end of this will be some sort of French fry.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Some variation of. Oh man.
1: Well,
0: uh yeah, how are you boys doing? Uh Austin, you've been away for existing. Uh well, I, I guess technically we recorded Pokemon last week with
2: you. That is true. I was there.
0: But you've How been gone from the main show
2: for, for what, yeah. two weeks? That was a good last episode, though. I yeah. enjoyed it. See, Maybe I do. You know. like what was your I favorite part? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> <laughs> you no. called my bluff, Dylan. That for took me. no time at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I listened to a good portion of it. Not all of it, though. I stopped really? like halfway through. But it was a good episode for me. Yeah, my what own. was your favorite part? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. That was a few days ago. Uh-oh. I don't retain information like that. I'm sorry. Mm. Oh, man. What about the Zelda part? Well, no, don't remember it. Sorry. It happened. Did it? I, don't, I wouldn't know because I can't remember. Because you didn't listen. <laughs> I did. I promise I did. I just don't remember it. Okay. We're interrogating this man live <laughs> on the podcast.
1: You know, uh, Mindy listened. She's a listener now.
2: Yeah, I saw that.
1: Always has been, yeah. yeah. And actually listens and doesn't just, you know, say she does.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Mindy up yep. in the Discord.
2: Keeping, keeping Jeff uh, in line.
0: Yeah, keeping our lawyer slash doctor
2: in line. <laughs> Didn't he have another get title? I feel like there was a third one thrown in there at some point.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
1: he'll be a scientist soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he already is. Maybe he got his doctorate in science.
2: And that's probably. true. Knowing him, probably.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. What well, uh, guys, this week I watched uh, some stuff. I watched
2: Luca. No. <sighs> yeah. Have either of you guys seen this? Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. Uh, no. Okay. It's a cute movie from what I saw.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I mean, that really kind of sums up basically my entire <laughs> review of it. It's cute. Luca <laughs> is very cute. Um, it's the uh, the newest Pixar movie, I believe. Uh, came out in like June of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and follows this little boy. Uh, well, little uh, sea monster boy, fish boy, fish boy. Yeah, as he kind <laughs> of uh learns, really kind of like his place in life. Um, sort of, and uh, yeah, I really thought this was very cute and very charming. Um, it takes place in Italy and I loved all of the, the locales in it. Like, excuse me. Um, it really captured exactly what I have always envisioned small kind of fishing villages in Italy to look like. I mean, like it just really fucking nailed that. Um, I really liked all of the performances all the way around. Um, but I especially, especially liked, uh, Emma Berman as Julia. I, I loved that character. I thought that Julia was just like a really, really fun character. Um... I, I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I, I, I can't say anything other than it's cute. I have some problems, I think, with the animation style or maybe not the animation style as much as, like, say, the art design. Um, like, I, I don't like the way that, like, the mouths on these people were animated. And I know that's stupid, but it kind <laughs> of just looks like a shape. And mm. and, and like I said, I, I know that that's kind of stupid, but, like, it's just a tick that bothered me. Um, I also kind of didn't like the ending all that much because it was like, "Cool, I'm going away to school." Like,
1: oh his, later,
0: his his adventure, uh, out of the ocean led to him going to fucking human school. Like, what?
1: Yeah, I'd go back in.
0: <laughs> I just, it made me laugh. Um. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was very, very cute, uh, really typical Disney Pixar sort of thing. Um, and I really enjoyed that it kind of almost didn't have a plot for, like, the first hour. (laughs) It's just kind of, like, watching these two boys, like, hang out, and I fucking kind of loved that, uh... Yeah, very cute movie. It's on Disney Plus. Uh, it's like r- <laughs> right at an hour and a half long. Um, I what's, really. What's the it? other
1: movie? There's another new movie. I thought that was a new movie. It's not. There's another one. It's super big and popular right now. In uh, Encanto? Oh, that's it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a a Disney only joint. Like Disney was the one who uh, did gotcha. all the animation and stuff.
1: I get him confused. Sabrina's seeing Luca. I think. I think really liked it.
0: Yeah, I'm not I, a it's
1: fan. cute. No. I, I oh, don't I'm know not, What else yeah, to say about yeah, it. Yeah, I. Wh- is it. Do you think it'll be in Kingdom Hearts one day? Huh? Uh,
0: Probably. Well, depends on how long fucking Kingdom Hearts decides to last.
1: No, uh, it'll keep going.
2: Hopefully, God, I hope hopefully it won't. What?
1: How hopefully dare you? Oh dude josh i've done nothing this week oh well see i just spoke directly to josh because i'm not used to austin being here my bad guys i've not done anything this week (laughs) Uh, no you have done something it's just we're gonna get to it later (laughs) oh yeah no that's it that's all i've done (laughs) that's the only thing i will say real quick Josh, I told you not that long ago like I've been dabbling in friends just because like I can it's just mindless entertainment. I'll put it on while I'm eating or something and then I'm done. Um mm-hmm. well, that show did not like it's it's good. I love it. But some of the humor in that show did not age well. Oh, no, it
0: did not. It
1: dude. Did not, dude. There's a lot of like I'm not going to say hate, but like almost disdain for
0: gay people. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, uh Chandler like straight up hates his dad because his dad's in a burlesque show.
1: Like Right. But then he also becomes the butt of just like a lot of gay jokes too that admittedly I have laughed at some, but some of them just take it way too far.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh stuff from the 90s does not fly anymore. Right.
1: And it's a very like I again, I get it product of the 90s different place now but it's very whitewashed like there is <laughs> it is very like white people problem only like it's so bad just to go back and watch there's no diversity at all like i enjoy Not it i don't like friends. is it huh? oh go ahead sorry no that, i mean i enjoy it because it's friends but like i can't help but like pick out all this little shit you know yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I, uh, so, uh, you, you know, you were like, it's only, like, white people. Not only is it only white people, it's, like, affluent white people. How I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, can fucking afford those kinds of big-ass apartments in fucking New York
1: City. Right. I mean? And then I'm supposed to believe Rachel can afford her side of the rent on fucking waitressing that she's terrible at? You got me fucked up, dude.
0: Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah. <sighs> oh, boy. But still... But, I that's that's what I watch
0: (laughs) I'm glad that you're getting some enjoyment out of it I genuinely like the first four seasons I think the first four seasons are pretty solid
1: yeah after that it drops off a cliff for me I'm gonna see I haven't really delved in it too much since I was you know I'm older now uh Mm. so this is my true first watching since maybe maybe my teenage years so I'm I'm trying to... I'm seeing, like, a lot of shit as an adult that I'm just like, really? Like, this is what we went with here? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it makes me wonder, like, I'm sure Seinfeld had to have aged better than this, right?
0: Dude, it... You know, well, I was actually going to bring up... It's funny that you s- mentioned that. So, like, the whole, like, gay joke or whatever, like, the whole fact that, like, people are gay or... And, and like, making... Trailer, right. Like, the butt of the joke or whatever by him being gay being the punchline... Dude, there's an entire episode of Seinfeld that literally they're, like, sitting there and telling people there's nothing wrong with being gay. <laughs> like, well, good,
1: because that's not, I've not heard that one time in Friends yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, God. now, G- mm, George does take it a little far. Like, there is a, there's a reporter who is like, um, yeah, you two are gay or whatever. And George is like, I'm not gay. I'll have sex with you right now. Like, he's very, <laughs> like, kind
1: of, like, homophobic. Right. But, to be fair. That's George's character. <laughs> that is very much so. Yeah. And like going back to friends, I do realize that one of the big part of the early seasons, I forget later season, but you can help me. It's that there's a lesbian couple, but nothing's wrong with the lesbian couple. It's just the gay guys and stuff like that. That seem to be yeah. getting shit on. Of course. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. It's I, I enjoy it, but it's like, God damn, dude. Yikes. Watching it now. of exactly. I get a lot of yikes or yikes. just like fringy moments. from.
2: Uh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, Friends and Elden Ring. It's I was about to tell you to watch it, but you know what? You probably would
2: hate it. I probably would.
0: Yeah. I not only is I don't I don't think this is aged well. I, I really think that some of the comedy loses a lot of what's going for it because of the laugh track stuff. Like, yeah, there's one scene in particular that I'm remembering, like off the top of my head with Ross stuck in a bathroom trying to like pull up his leather pants that have like shrink because he was sitting in them and sweating in them. Yeah. And David Schwimmer is killing the physical comedy. It's very, very funny, but like he'll do something and then he has to pause
1: to like let the laugh. Yeah. And it's like, (sighs) I know it's like Those some of the like sometimes sitcom moments like that truly like it kind of expands on the moment like it, it's kind of funny because you can almost see some people break character mm-hmm. you know what i mean but other times like that where you have to pause just to get the joke out yeah. <laughs> it just really i don't know it puts a puts a damper on the moment um i couldn't watch what's what's the big bang theory like i really couldn't watch oh. that one because i felt it was way too forced in that for me <laughs> yeah um but like stuff like you know fresh prints and stuff like that where like there's obviously like live reactions and stuff i enjoyed that um but i don't know like you were saying it's hit or miss for me
0: yeah i'm glad that you're getting something out of it
1: yeah (laughs) trying to because i'm still in season three so we'll see how you know (laughs) five plus goes
0: yeah um yeah all right. Uh, that was Friends. Uh, I also watched another animated thing called Robin Robin.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I read that, and I thought you were watched Robin Hood again. I just immediately put <laughs> Hood in the title. Oh,
0: yeah, no. Uh, Robin Robin is a um, – this is both of the oh, – actually, all three of the things that I'm talking about are um, related to my um, watching of – uh, Oscar nominees.
1: Oh, gotcha.
0: Yeah. And this one is non, uh, nominated for Best Animated Short. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's only 30 minutes long. Um, and it's about this little Robin who uh, grew up raised by mice and she's a very terrible mouse. And mm-hmm. um, one day she almost gets all of the mice caught and eaten by a cat And so, to make it up to everyone who, you know, are all kind of, like, rightfully mad at her sort of thing. Um, Well, maybe not rightfully mad at her, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, She fucked things up, so whatever. Anyway, so to make it up to them, she's like, I'm going to go steal a sandwich. And, like, it just kind of follows, like, this, like, her doing these things to try to, like, be a part of the family. And it really ends up being, like, a... You, like, the theme of the story is, like, you are unique, and you can use your unique, uh like, attributes to, like, save the world type thing. Not, it, not really save the world, but, like, like, in this instance, like, her family is a bunch of mice. They're very good at sneaking, blah, blah, blah. And by the end of the movie, like, spoiler alert, like, she's helping them by being a bird, not by trying to be a mouse. It's, like be yourself don't try to be someone else because who you are is unique and your uniqueness will you know work out i like that yeah that's cute who makes the movie uh i i'm not sure it was a really small studio um okay i i forget the name of it i'd have to look at it again um but uh, i think they were english
1: gotcha Um, i was just making sure this wasn't some disney movie that i missed out on somehow
0: yeah no it's uh it's a netflix original a very small studio made it um like i said it's 30 minutes long it's very cute i love the animation the animation in this is really cool because it kind of like almost feels like it's stop motion but with a mix of cgi like the little mice almost look like um like uh, little like clumps of hair that they glued eyes onto <laughs> Like it's hard to describe, but it's, it's, I loved it. I thought it was very well animated. Um, very cute, very well performed. Like, uh, just, I mean, it's a good way to spend 30 minutes.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Austin, show it to your kids. No.
0: Yeah. Austin, show it to your kids. Speaking of Austin. They don't
2: need motivational things. Um, nothing. Nothing. I just lots of JoJo, like an unhealthy amount.
0: Yeah, you're you're fucking deep in that shit.
2: I am. I am watching and simultaneously reading part five, and I'm like almost done. I'm almost to part six. That I'll okay. do the same thing. And then when I finish part five, I'll talk about it, because I uh, kind of think that the part five's iteration of JoJo is, might, might be the best JoJo so far. Not not like series as a whole, but just like the character might be the best so far. Uh, the kind of whole being Dio's son thing is really interesting. I, I really like it. Yeah. But are you I'll getting... I'll have it done by next week.
1: Are you getting a tattoo?
2: No, uh, Not anytime soon.
1: Of JoJo? Something?
2: Um, I still... <laughs> I want to get the star on the back of my neck for a cosplay just to be extra, but I don't know that I'll actually do that. It would be dope, though i would totally do it i i also just kind of want to see what my pain tolerance in that area is like do you have anime tattoos uh surprisingly no i don't have any that is surprising
1: i i thought this was just going to add to the collection that would be your first
2: yeah that would uh if i got that yeah that would be technically my first anime tattoo do you feel weird that
1: that would be your first anime tattoo like as opposed to like evangelion or gundam or something
2: well, I mean, it was probably going to be Ava. I have a, I have a friend uh, working on a drawing for me right now for an Evangelion tattoo. So, I mean, if that one gets done first, then it'll actually probably be the first one. But just kind of depends on when that drawing's finished.
1: I just want another tattoo in general.
2: Me too, man. I've been kind of itching for it. Madison went and got that one a couple months ago. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm- That's been a couple of months uh january so i like oh Oh, that's disgusting dude yeah i (laughs) feel like you just
1: sent me that picture
2: (laughs) no that was um i want to say i think that was the week like the monday or i guess it technically might have been february because that i think it was the monday after legends arceus came out so it was actually last month oh my god thanks okay that makes me feel better I don't, I don't have a very good concept of time and how it passes, so who fucking knows, really? Okay.
1: You work, like, 50-hour days, so, you know. Yeah, time doesn't About matter time. to me yeah. anymore.
2: <laughs> if I get <sighs> some of it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. I don't really care.
1: I understand. Ever since Elden Ring came out, I don't know what time is anymore.
2: <laughs> Jesus. The okay. thing is, is I believe it.
1: I know. Josh watched another movie or a TV show. (laughs)
0: Yep, I watched another movie. Okay. Um, This one is called Spencer and it is uh, nominated for Best Actress for Kristen Stewart. Bet you thought you'd never hear that in your fucking life.
1: Is this a biopic about the founding of the popular mall store Spencer's? Yep, nailed it. I was, I figured, honestly, it had to be something (laughs) related. Oh my God.
0: Uh, yeah. So this is a, this is a semi, uh, biopic type thing. Uh, it's not actually a biopic or biopic or however the fuck you want to say it. I don't really care. Um, it's not actually that, but it, Is sort of so it's about this three day period in 1991 or 92. I don't remember the exact year over Christmas break where Princess Diana Spencer of Wales um, is going to a sort of like Christmas family get together where uh, she's going to be there with her, her sons and with, um, uh, basically the rest of her family, which includes the queen and her um, uh, ch- cheating-ass husband, Prince Charles. <clears throat> and uh, it just kind of follows her around over these three days as she kind of slowly loses her fucking mind. Ooh. And I didn't like this movie very much.
2: <laughs> um,
0: so the movie is supposed to be um an examination of what her like mental state was during that time and as such it's played up for melodrama like it's very very fucking over the top there's a scene where she breaks a pearl necklace off of her neck at dinner and it falls into her pea soup and then she starts eating the soup and one of the like pearls is in there and she eats the pearl like she crunches down on it and shit like that and then she starts like fucking like devouring the soup and crunching the pearls and shit and it's like so so over the top i don't know why you would have done this as opposed to playing it out as something far more subtle at it far more like a sort of like uh, for for lack of a better term, but like a, a Downton Abbey drama, like something where it's not fucking fantastical and, you know, whatever. Because this is, I mean, this was a real woman, you know? And you can go into what her mental state might have been during this time in a much different way than just playing it up to be like, look, look, she's going fucking crazy. And because her husband is cheating on her and her family hates her and you know, like all of this shit. And I just, it did not vibe with me at all. Um, I don't, Kristen Stewart is good. Kristen Stewart does a really good job. She does exactly what she's asked to do in this situation. Um, and that's why she was nominated. I don't, necessarily think that she should have been when there were other actresses that i i personally think uh delivered better performances but you know she's good she's she's good um i just don't know how this screenplay in particular got like made at all (laughs) I, i and i i'm not familiar with the uh The director, Pablo Lorraine, Uh, he's Chilean. And I I know the movie Jackie, he did about Jackie O uh, from 2016. But outside of that, I haven't really seen anything else of his that he's done. Um, And I... uh, I I don't want to be, like, too, like, mean. But I don't know how this dude had a job. (laughs) Like, I just... I don't know what was going on here. Like at all, like the, the music is good. Uh, Johnny Greenwood, uh, did the score for this and he also did the score for, um, shit. What was the other movie? Oh, damn. Anyway, I think both of his scores are nominated for best original score this year. And that's fucking hilarious to me because you know, uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, the music is really good. Kristen Stewart is really good. But uh, I got nothing out of this. I, I don't think that the visuals tell a story. I I, I I don't know. I this one was the baffling one to me. Um,
1: I'm shocked. For, I'm shocked. Chris and Stewart played Princess Di. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, Kayla said the same exact thing. I mean, I cool. She still
2: did anything at all.
1: I mean. I will be honest, I do not remember the last movie that I saw her in that wasn't Twilight. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, did you guys not see...
1: Uh, Is she The Runaways? Runaways? Okay, yeah. never mind. I saw that. I didn't see that.
0: Uh, she was also... Well, I don't remember if this was post-Twilight or not, but she was in uh, Adventureland with <clears throat> uh, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, the movie about like the carnival workers. Mm. Oh, yeah, I don't think I think it's, it's got that. Ryan Reynolds in
1: it. Never though. seen it. I actually pretty much despise Ryan Reynolds, so. Oh, okay. Huh. Really? Yeah. Dude, he plays the same goddamn character.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, but this so do a lot of actors in Hollywood <laughs> The Rock, Scarlett Johansson, Vin Diesel. I mean,
1: all of those people
2: I don't like. Really? Yeah. Okay. Why? The fucking <laughs> Rock so, I is don't such a waste. <laughs> the, the Ryan Reynolds thing is surprising to me. He's dude,
1: he fucking played Pikachu the same as Deadpool
2: <laughs> he did <laughs> he did the uh, bloopers, uh she was in a
0: it. she was in a movie uh I think it was like a shutter exclusive called underwater um from like two years ago that I thought was actually really good um well, maybe not really good, but it was good it was definitely good I don't know anyway uh. She's come a long way, I think. Um especially I mean, like I said, I never in my life would have thought that I would have ever been like, okay, I can see why she was nominated. I don't think she should have been, but I can see why. She is very good. Um and she was very good in underwater, she was very good in the runaways. Um, yeah, I think she's starting to come into her own as an actress, which is really fucking cool. Oh go. yeah. Good. But but that's it. Yeah. Not not a particularly good movie, in my opinion. Hmm. You know what is good?
2: What? Bosses. Sometimes.
0: <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean bosses, we fought them. Uh we've got some favorites. And we're gonna rank rank Uh
1: I play his five? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, you did. You did. Um but yeah, so with Friday's release of Elden Ring, we been getting our asses handed to us over and over again. And we thought, what a better well, way to celebrate. Mm, you had a hard time with uh, Mar? Is it Margit or Margit? Uh, Margit, a.k.a. Margot Robbie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, you threw me off, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't even know where it was at. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, we're going to do this for the third re- week in a row. We're going to rank bosses. Let's go, Pikachu.
1: Pik- I hate you. Fuck you. you <laughs> made it worse. How did you make it worse? Jesus. Uh, all right. Uh,
0: last. You know what? Austin wasn't here for our last.
1: Yeah, because he chooses not to join us. So anyway, yeah. moving on to either you or me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think that's sorry. what happened.
1: I'm sorry. It's go it ahead, be. Austin.
2: It no, could. It's, be. it's fine. No, it's okay. If you want to go first so bad, you can go ahead. I'm just gonna cut
1: one of yours. So you probably don't. You know
2: like what? That. I'm gonna leave it up to one of the two
0: of
1: you. Dylan is the queen. <gasps> oh, I can choose. Austin, Austin, you go
2: first. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. Wow
1: It's okay There's no wrong answer here
2: Actually there is <laughs> So There's <laughs> very wrong answers um, I'm gonna cut Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts 2 I'm just gonna make a guess How do you feel what, about what that? What do you
1: thing? mean a guess? That's not a guess
2: <laughs> How do you way... feel about
1: it? I feel
2: Personally attacked You should I am sure. Why would you cut him out of. You don't even know know, what the other ones are. Boss battle's fun, but it's kind of just like it has no implication on anything going on around it.
1: Yeah, but it's hard as shit. Yeah, that's the point. Is that how we're ranking them? Yeah, we're not going off of implication. We're just
2: going off of what they Uh, meant to We're not
0: also just going off of um, the hardness either.
1: Yeah, no. It was. Otherwise, it would have all been Dark
0: Souls and Bloodborne bosses. You know how hard
1: it was for me not to pick five of those shits? I told myself I couldn't. <sighs> um, fucking just
2: just cut it. Whatever. Be a bitch. <laughs> all right. That's what we're going with. All right. Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> now would've... Dylan's going to go for the throat for me next round. I mean, not right. really, but. That's fine. Go ahead. Talk, talk
0: to me about Sephiroth real quick before before he's gone.
1: <laughs> i just really i mean truly there was no implication for you know, nothing crazy happened when you defeated him you got a really cool keyblade given to you by tifa i loved it the boss fight was hard man the first time i ever tried it i don't remember how young i was but i can safely say that was my first time ever facing sephiroth i didn't play final fantasy 7 so my first interaction with sephiroth was kingdom hearts One, I got my shit rocked. I never beat him. And then Kingdom Hearts 2, I got, you know, I went back for second helpings and I rocked his world, man. He was the hardest fight I had faced in the game yet. He had health bar on top of health bar on top of health bar. Um, He had fast paced movements like he was really erratic. And learning that fight was kind of. I don't know, it kind of, I think, not really in the long grand scheme of things, but like that kind of gave me my what's the word i got my first peek at really hard boss fights and then i started to really go for the games that had that kind of fight in it i.e you know dark souls or bloodborne (laughs) or stuff like that that fight really made me sit down and watch the mechanics of a fight um Mm -hmm. didn't need to make it past number 15 i mean no not really i'm just shocked that someone who's played kingdom hearts and loves the games and knows what kind of crazy fight that is would choose for it to go out at number 15
2: it's because i'm still salty that i've never that i've never beat it oh what i'm just kidding that's not why but that's just a fact i've never beat i've never beaten that fight
1: that is kind of crazy
2: but maybe one day i'll go back i want to i really want to go back and play through kingdom hearts i just don't have the devotion to do that right now well
1: please don't do that right now you have other things to
2: accomplish (laughs) this year that I'm actually getting done, might I add. There you go. I'm actually doing it. He's I'm actually doing myself. it. True. Who goes next?
0: Uh Queen,
1: choose. Uh, you go next. Okay. I'm in the middle of a lake. I can't stop right now.
0: Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Um <sighs> at number fourteen, I want to vote to cut. <laughs> um, I want to vote to cut. Uh... Phew, damn. I'm going to go with Calamity Ganon. Is
2: that okay? okay that's fine. Or,
0: are you sure? Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. I'm cool with that.
0: Talk, talk to me about Calamity Ganon. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I never got to Ganon in Breath of the Wild. I just figured <laughs> off from doing other stuff.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I really like this iteration of Ganon in particular because it's kind of like... You can really make this boss as hard as you want it to be and as easy as you fucking want it to be. Um, like you... Uh, the thing about Breath of the Wild is you can immediately start the game and just, r- just rush straight to Ganon if that's what you fucking want to do. It's a bad idea. Unless you're just really good at this kind of shit, but you can if you ever so choose. Um, <clears throat> before you fight Ganon, you have the option to take to uh, kind of quell the four divine beasts that are rampaging through Hyrule. And if you do that, I I I can't remember if it knocks out half of Ganon's health when you go to fight him, or if it knocks out a full bar if he has two full bars. I can't remember, but if you. Uh, uh, at the end of every Divine Beast, you you kind of fight a, a split version of Ganon. There's a fire, thunder, wind, and water. If you choose not to do the Divine Beast and you go straight through Ganon, you actually have to fight him transforming through all of those phases. So, like, you have to fight one, beat its bar, and then he'll phase shift to another. Um, so if you don't do the Divine Beast, Ganon effectively has six phases that you have to fucking fight through. Um, I've never tried that because it looks really fucking hard, and why would I do that? But, um, it's a really fun fight, and it's a really beautiful fight. Um, his second main phase is he kind of turns into this, like, giant, like, demonic bull with, like, eyes all over it, and you have to just kind of run around on horseback with Zelda and just shoot shining arrows into the fucking eye, and it's not a hard fight, it doesn't really require too much of you, but it's just, visually, it's stunning, and I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. <clears throat> uh, this is hard. Mm. Go ahead, Dylan. Who,
0: who you who you fucking up?
1: I don't know, cause some of these mean nothing to me, but I don't know what they mean to you guys. Mm. Then again, I could self-sacrifice <clears throat> because there's no reason. So. I'm gonna I'll go ahead and cut the Agonizer Nine thousand from Borderlands three. It's not on here because it's some gigantic memorable boss from the Borderlands franchise. I like these when I chose my five, these are just five that truly stand out to me for being fun. Um in some way, shape, or form. Except for my number one. But the Agonizer nine thousand is really cool because it's essentially you do you both know who Penn and Teller are? Yeah. Austin, what did you say? no oh okay that's actually a little surprising but essentially they're fantastic magicians they're real life magicians they've been around for as long as before i've been alive um maybe not before josh has been alive he's he's up there but <laughs> <laughs> but essentially um the agonizer 9000 was the second part of a boss fight with i can't remember what it's called I don't know, some giant chariot type thing. But essentially, Penn and Teller play uh, Pain and Terror inside of the Borderlands universe. And there's this gigantic, like, skull monstrosity mechanical uh, contraption um, inside of Carnivora. That's what it's called. It's this gigantic um, rolling onslaught vehicle in borderlands three and once you knock that out you go inside and you face the agonizer 9000 but it's just cool because you are truly getting snippets of who pin and teller are in the real world inside of this fight and it's it's super cool and they make a lot of you know the whole thing is pin is the voice behind the two and teller never says a word and they kind of carry that on in this and it's just—it's a lot of fun, man. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I know Borderlands Three isn't everyone's favorite, but the boss fight overall is a ton of fun because not only are you having to face little, you know, bandits and psychos and mini, or you know, whatever along. The arena itself, but you're going up against the Agonizer 9000, and like I said, it's this gigantic, colossal monstrosity, and it's like shooting out fire at you. It has a gigantic sword that is dropping down on you. It has like buzz saw discs that it's sending out at you. It's doing circle. It's a it's a circular arena, and it's doing like it'll stick out some long blade and it'll chase you around the arena. It's a lot of fun. There's levels to that shit, and I don't know, man. I had a lot of fun with it. It's not my favorite boss out of Borderlands Three, but I think it's one of the most fun and entertaining. Just for the the kind of the I'm not going to say fourth wall breaking it does, but it, it comes pretty close uh, with Pain and tear.
2: Hell yeah!
0: Cool, cool. Well, it goes out at number was that thirteen? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so that brings us back to Austin. What's your pick?
2: Uh, give me just one second. Okay. Okay, murdered. Anyway, so I'm playing Elden Ring. He's dead. Sorry, I'm back. <laughs> oh, never mind um, I am also going to self-sacrifice. Oh my. And I'm right. going to take uh Dark Mega Man and go ahead and cut him out. Um that was the boss battle from Mega Man Battle Network 5. You know, I almost put base in here from Battle Network 5. Oh god, I kind of now I kind of feel like I should have done base. Base was kind <laughs> of cool, a boss fight. It was fun. um but I picked Dark Mega Man uh, from Battle Network Five mainly because of the story surrounding the fight. Um, obviously, Mega Man is the protagonist, and he gets captured and kind of brainwashed and turned into kind of like an evil version of himself. Um, and this was a really big issue for his human counterpart, Lan, because this was—I mean, this was effectively his best friend that he was that was taken from him, and he's watching him suffer. Um, and this this universe's iteration of Mega Man is he his data was created from a uh, digitized version of Lan's like deceased twin brother. I, I don't remember exactly how they describe describe the process, but he is essentially a digitized version of Land's deceased twin brother. And so it was it was literally like watching his brother get kidnapped and fucking tortured. Um, and then came the implication where he has to kind of decide, like, okay, if I can't bring him back, like, I I have to kill him. I there's no other option. Um, luckily, the game's rated E for everyone, so it doesn't come to that. Uh, but it was still it, it it was still a really cool boss fight and a really cool encounter, and it was hard as shit. Not because of the boss fight, but because Mega Man Battle Network Five does shit a little bit differently, where instead of bosses having unique dungeon, dungeons, they have. Uh, what are called liberation missions. So you have to go through certain areas of the map and take control uh, back from a terrorist organization before you can even fight the the uh, the main boss of the dungeon. It was a really cool mechanic. It was hard.
0: Cool. Word. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, well, for me, uh, I'm going to, at number 11... Take out one of mine. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the weapons. Um, I cheated a little bit uh, from Final Fantasy VII. Technically, I mean, I, I guess I cheated, but also I kind of didn't cheat. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, at a certain point um, during, I think it's, I think it's actually the end of Disc Two of Final Fantasy Seven. Um, basically, these giant. Uh, fucking monsters if you want to call them that are uh kind of brought to life to save the earth uh they're basically like the earth's defenders um and you are tasked with at at the very least there's one that you have to meet it's story related uh the other three you do not um and those are uh emerald weapon ruby weapon and diamond weapon and boy when you want to talk about the like the video game bosses that like i remember playing and being like fuck how do i do this how do i beat this probably chief among them was ruby weapon Ruby Weapon was incredibly difficult. Not only does it have an insane amount of HP, but also it has, like, this fucking attack that could wipe your entire team out in one hit. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, I, I there were other things, uh, about it that made it, like, incredibly difficult, but on top of, like, that, right? You had, um,. You had the other weapons. Sorry, I got fucking distracted by my own thoughts. (laughs) You had the other weapons that uh, were equally as hard. Emerald weapon was you had to fight underground or not underground, but underwater. Uh, And when you finally got down there and and started the fight or whatever, you had a 20 minute time limit. You had to beat it within 20 minutes or else you died. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It Fucking ridiculous, um, but uh, yeah, man i I really liked all of the the weapon fights in Final Fantasy VII um, to a certain extent. And once you learned the ways to beat them, like it was kind of fucking funny. Uh, like Ruby weapon, for instance. Literally, there is a um, a material called. Ma- I think it's called mime and you would pair that with, um, the Knights of the round. And basically all you would have to do is summon Knights of the round once and it would stay on the screen for like 20 minutes and fucking beat Ruby weapon. That's all you had to do. Jesus. But it, when you go in and you're trying to fight it, like as it is, it's fucking difficult, man, and it's a lot of fun. And the same thing went for Emerald Weapon and, and Diamond. Like they had these things that made them difficult, but once you like understood what was going on, it was like, "Oh, shit, this is this is actually way easier than I thought it was." Or it like I don't know. Uh they were also had like really cool designs. I I felt like um I don't know. I, I just really like Final Fantasy 7 and I really like those bosses in particular. Uh, I almost went with Sephiroth because uh, story implications and shit like that. And the ending to Final Fantasy 7 is just fucking epic. Um, but these are the bosses that I think of when I think of Final Fantasy 7. <coughs> OK.
1: Uh, Is it me? I think it's you. already knocked off two of Austin's, two of mine, one of yours. Hmm, 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 hmm. Two of yours I'm infatuated with. Oh. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, tell tell me what they are.
1: Not yet. (laughs) Austin, are you on the document right now? Yeah. Alright, that was a good talk with him. So... (laughs) moving on since he's not here he can't argue if i cut one of his right uh yeah i don't think he can argue but he also can't defend <laughs> it's on the list um what oh hey are you i've been here the whole party? time yeah but you've weird because i asked you a whole ass question anyway what so, the fuck? <laughs> are you okay with me cutting this one yeah that's fine okay if you want to I don't want to, but your other two, I know, mean something to you. Um, uh, I don't. This one does, too. But OK, well, that makes me sad. So let me go. cut <laughs> one of Josh's real quick. Hmm. Um, can I cut one of mine? No, nah, I don't want to cut one of mine. Uh, no, I'm going to cut yours. OK, sorry. That's fine. Tell me about Omega Zero.
2: Yeah. Uh, Omega Zero is the uh, final endgame boss for Mega Man Zero Three. And uh, this is actually. Omega Zero is essentially um, the original Zero that appeared alongside X in the Mega Man X games. Um, this is his original body, just completely corrupted and taken over. And it was a fun boss fight because everything, every ability that you've learned and equipped while playing Mega Man Zero, uh, th- or while playing Zero 3, this. This boss has and utilizes, and it's kind of like you have to learn how to dodge your own fucking attacks. Uh he's very random, very sporadic, very difficult. I think all of the Mega Man Zero games are obnoxiously fucking hard compared to uh the original titles in Mega Man X, but like in in a different way. Like they feel more they feel more strategic than any of the Mega Man games that came before it. Um and I really like this fight. I thought it was cool.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. okay. Well, uh it is your turn now, correct? Mine? No?
2: Yeah. I think so. Okay. Um how you feeling about uh A- Theon? Ah. How you feeling about that? Uh I'm, I'm only saying that cuz I don't know what it is. I do. Yeah.
0: Mm. <laughs> I'm looking at the rest of the list, and...
2: I felt like the other three would be bigger for you. So <clears> that's why I went for that one.
0: Yeah, for sure. The, I, I think that they are.
2: Yeah, I'm okay with
0: Atheon going out
2: now. Okay, um, cool. Atheon, then.
0: All right. So, let's talk for just a second about okay. Destiny 1. Destiny 1 is a fucking awesome game. Is it? And Yes, it is. Mm. And... I really kind of love uh, everything about that game, like everything. Um, But once Vault of Glass came, there was nothing else in my mind that like permeated like my thought process the way that that raid did. Like it was kind of in the same way of how I'm feeling about certain games. Um, that I am playing right now. It's all I think. Or it's all I thought about. Like I, I just wanted to wanted to do Fault of Glass. That's all I wanted to fucking do. And I think that Atheon maybe got a little higher than I intended. Um, because I think that a lot of what I remember very fondly was the raid itself. But I don't want to shortchange him because I think that the mechanics in that are very cool and unique and something that at the time were kind of mind blowing to me. I, I had never really played MMO, so I wasn't aware of like all of the different like facets that you would have to go through in boss fights and those side of things. And like, although Destiny isn't quite an MMO, it's like an MMO light. It borrowed a lot of those elements and in the fight with atheon that was huge like the idea that you would have to send parts of your team <clears throat> into another uh, uh dimension quote unquote to like clear out the uh I, I forget what it was that you were clearing out but like you would have to clear out the things to get back just to do damage to him like that was something that i was like what what like holy shit, like you have to split your team in two? and it was hard, dude. Atheon was a fucking hard boss. Like I I once once people started getting like cheesy ways to do it or like they would get like fucking I don't know if you guys played a lot of Destiny 1, but when Galahorn was fucking overpowered yep. as shit, Ooh. once you got uh someone with Galahorn in there, you know, it was like fucking goodbye Atheon. But like when you were playing it without these, like, crazy strategies or without this crazy powerful weapon, like, it was hard and it was fun. And I I loved every second of that fight. Yeah. I loved every second leading up to it, and it just – it's great. It's, it's still to this day probably my favorite uh, bungee related boss fight. There
1: we go. Agreed. That was one of my two from your list that I was really – in love with I loved Atheon, I loved that fight. I love Destiny One. It was an amazing time period. Destiny two is still great, but Destiny One just had this magic about it that I really can't put into words. You just had to experience it in its peak type of thing. But mm-hmm. the Vault of Glass took it to another level.
0: Yeah. No, I, I straight up one hundred percent agree with you.
1: Uh yeah. <sighs> yeah. Who's next? Uh, let's see. I just went. So oh, it would be you me. murdered Atheon.
0: <laughs> you murdered Atheon.
2: Dude, I'm sorry.
0: All right. Um. Oh, I need to mark because mm, 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 mm. I was like, "What's left? What's left?" Okay. How are we feeling, Dylan? Ah, about this guy right here. Oh! No okay what about this guy okay really i would have chose this guy over this guy no okay all right, all right. Well, fair enough um right, so out at number eight we have dr octopus
1: Octer octopus octopus okay so <sighs> spider-man's a great man it's I've, in my head, I've had to stop saying that my favorite game of all time is X, and I'm starting to just put things on the same platform, like Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Stardew Valley, fucking Dark Souls Three, probably Elden Ring, and Spider Man's up there too. Um, the reason Spider Man shines so much for me was because of the relationship Peter had with Octavius, and you know, inevitably Doc Ock when the fallout happened or whatever. But just, you know, fast forwarding through the story that, you know, we've all talked about multiple times on this podcast. The fight was a lot of fun, dude. It re- really made you dial in what you you had learned with Peter so far, you know, becoming Spider-Man. And you had this new suit that you could utilize and recharge all of your little gadgets and stuff like that. And you you had to... You had to stay moving. he was not easy i don 't know why I thought Octavius was going to be easier than what he actually was, but it was a hard fight man it was It was a lot of timing and countering and you know some quick time events there towards the end of it or whatever. but like the story that went with the um the fight too it was crippling because you know you you beat him on top of the the roof or whatever but then that whole scene where they're inside of the building and he's screaming out for Peter as Peter walks away dude it hit hard man it hit so hard but I don't know I, I love the fight we've talked about it a lot on this podcast so I won't go too much further into it but yeah man I the reason I'm not cutting the other one is because it, it stands a, you know true to my childhood a lot more but I love the Otto Octavius fight Doc Ock
0: Yeah, great fight. All right, he goes out at number eight.
1: Austin or Dylan? It is your turn. Fuck! I just okay. Um, I forgot that it was me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) let's see here.
0: What What are we doing here? Come on, come on. What What are we doing here?
1: Well, I'm trying not to cut all of Austin's.
0: I'm just kidding. I'm just. I'm. I'm just kidding.
1: Cause I no, I don't want to cut his. I don't want to cut mine. How do you feel about? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, so
0: the number seven entry on our list, um, I I kind of, man, I really, I don't want to say I wish that this got higher, uh, cause I guess it probably is deserving of its spot, but I, I, Definitely do kind of wish that this guy. <laughs> uh All right. So number seven is Avion from Shadow of the Colossus. This is the fifth Colossus that you fight. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that I really admire about Shadow of the Colossus is that it kind of doesn't tell you anything. Uh, there are no menus. There are no d- tutorials. It drops you in a world and then says go and there are no regular enemy fights it's just boss fights and you mm. learn everything that you need to learn through just finding stuff out um so this fight in particular was the first one that i was truly like awed by like i was like whoa whatever um it's dumb uh but I was playing this and I come up on this. uh, I'm riding through this kind of like cliffside or whatever. And it opens up into this like ravine. And you have to get off your horse and you climb up these steps. And then you look out into this gigantic water filled pit. And then there's nowhere for you to go, but down. So you jump into the water. And as soon as you hit the water, cutscene plays. And this gigantic fucking rock animal bird thing flies out. Okay. And it is at this moment that, you know, you have to go into the air. Like it, it's not going to fucking like fight you on the ground. Cause there's no ground. It probably isn't going to fucking go into the water. So you're going to have to figure out a way to get up there with it. And, You figure it out, whatever, and then it's a matter of, like, you get up on the bird and it tries to shake you off. And you have to hold on for dear life. And then you have other stuff going on where, like, it, I think, eventually does shake you off and you have to get back on it. But, like, the platform that you originally used is no longer, like, available. It's it's something like that. I don't remember the exact, like... Way that it's fought. But anyway, it's one of those moments that I was like, holy shit, this is fucking cool. This is like a true, like, I don't want to say it, like a true boss fight, but like this is something that's like unique. I've never played anything like this before. Um... Yeah, I don't know. This one stands out to me. Shadow of Colossus is really just full of memorable bosses. Like, there's the, I think it's the third one that has the, the sword that's on the cover art um, of, is it the PS4 or is it the original PS2? I don't remember. Um, I don't know. Either way, it's on the cover art. Like, it, it you know, instantly recognizable. Yeah. Um, I don't know avion is just the one that that i remember playing and thinking to myself holy shit this is fucking cool this is a cool
1: fucking fight Mm -hmm. um yeah man i i've i funny enough i never played shadow of the colossus ever i know i I, it's one of those games that i heard about all the time growing up but i just never actually dabbled in it that's very same with what was the other one the last guardian Mm Hmm anyway yeah 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 (laughs) all right well that it? number seven
2: is it it's um your turn oh neat um okay um i hate to do it but i kind of feel like it's time for it to go so i'm gonna cut one of my own choices again um and that is going to be End's champion battle from pokemon black and white wow I put this on the list over Cynthia because typically, so like I, I definitely do think that Cynthia is the most challenging and kind of one of the more iconic, uh, f- Pokemon final boss encounters, uh, if that's what you want to call it. Um, but ends just had so much more like it, it wasn't as difficult, but like it had, it just had more going for it with everything else going on around it. Um, This was the second time in the entire uh, franchise that you are actually beaten to the Pokemon League and you have the title kind of stolen right in front of you, Um, except it's not your rival and it's not somebody that you wanted to take it. Uh, It was the game's main antagonist being N and it was part of his plan to take over the region or more or less his adopted father's plan. Um, And it was just this real clash of ideology Uh, and really felt like Pokemon were suffering uh, under the guide of humans. And he wanted to he effectively wanted to take over the region and force every trainer in the in the region to release their Pokemon. Um, He just felt like it was wrong uh, for Pokemon and humans to have the relationship that they do. And it was the first time that another character in a Pokemon game really did something like that. And like when he just his whole attitude when you go to face him, he's just kind of like, yeah, I took it. You want it? Come fucking get it. And it was it was just great. Um, Before you start the battle, he gives you the chance to uh, catch your your versions uh, covered legendary dragon with him having its counterpart. And it, it really it, it it fit the themes of the game as far as like the clashings of different ideologies. And it was it was a nice change of pace. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, that's one thing black and white truly does shine at. They had a crazy good story.
2: It did. It had a very good story. And I feel like a lot. I feel like any Pokemon game that's come after just while I don't think that every Pokemon story is bad. I don't think that they've ever been as good as black and white.
1: Yeah. It was pretty great, man. Sorry mm-hmm. for you to have to self-sacrifice. I'll do it next.
2: It's okay. It's okay.
1: It was time. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, it's my turn.
2: It is your turn.
0: There are one, two, three, four, five left.
2: Mm-hmm. Top five, maybe. <laughs> maybe.
1: We're only an. Hour I'll sacrifice in. mine. Yeah, I'll do. Josh, the one that you wanted to cut before, I'm okay with now.
0: Um. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but the I'd rather, one, I kind
1: of kind of want you to
0: the next one if you're going to pick one.
1: Okay. Of uh, of mine. Sure. Okay. S- so number five, we're on five, right? we're at number five number five it's gonna be ripto from spyro to ripto's rage um pretty much everyone knows by now that spyro has been a huge part of my life and still kind of is from time to time um spyro one was pretty basic had a basic platforming levels and all that and even the final boss with nasty nork it wasn't really a Pow, pow, you know, contact boss fight. It was more like a chase him along a track, corner him, then he goes to the next part. You run, dash past all that shit, and then you jump up a couple stairs, and then you flame him one time, game's over. Ripto's Rage really stepped that up. Ripto's Rage was a lot different. Um, you were actually facing Crush and Gulp and Ripto, and these were boss fights, and you did have to kind of perfect your craft. Um, it's not necessarily a hard set of fights but it Ripto was a culmination of everything that you had done thus far and he had three different phases and if you died on third phase you went back to phase one um it, it was it was a rough fight Uh, the first one starts off with him kind of chasing you around an arena shooting little magic blasts at you and you guys are vying to get orbs over the other and if you get three of the same kind you kind of kind of unload on him and so on and so forth you beat that phase and now he's riding on the back of gulp who's this giant green dinosaur but in this situation it's mechanical gulp and uh That was a little more terrifying, but now you're having to learn not only when Ripto's going to shoot, but Gulp is over here ingesting fucking power-ups to shoot at you, too, and it was rough, dude, and then you you go past that into third phase, and now you're both flying around this lava arena. He's shooting at you from the back of this pterodactyl-type thing, and it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of memorizing of boss fights. It was it was nice to have in a platformer it wasn't just you know a a simple measly boss fight it was actually something you had to spend time and learn and get good at and i don't know man i had i had a ton of fun with it as a kid and even now like when i got the no hit on Ripto's rage it felt so good because i had conquered something that continuously kicked my ass as a child but even then like that was the one thing holding me back from my no hit runs was Ripto's fight so I don't know, dude. It, it was really cool. Um I love him as a boss. He will go down as one of my favorites of all time.
2: Oh yeah. 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 That no hit was awesome too.
1: Thank you. Did you actually watch it or are you just saying that you watched it?
2: I did watch most <laughs> of the from him, you
1: fucking dick bag.
2: Uh
1: my turn. It's your turn. I'm sorry, Josh. <clears throat> I'm sorry. That's all right. Tell me about Psychomantis.
0: All right. So I'm going to let you know right now real quick. This is my favorite boss fight of all time.
2: What the fuck? Yeah. See, you could have uh, cut mine and I would have been okay with it because I knew how he felt about that.
0: Yeah. The The only reason that I, I let you cut this one right here as opposed to this one is because I think that both you and I have beaten this one, right? So yeah. We, we can kind of both speak to it authoritatively and both kind of say, oh, this is a great fucking fight. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, whereas I'm the only one who's ever played Metal Gear Solid. Uh, where, uh, Metal Gear Solid as a series has so many fucking cool ass boss fights. There is one. Uh, I don't remember the name. I think it's the end. I, th- I think it's the end. And... Metal Gear Solid 3, where you know the end is the sniper. Who the fuck? It doesn't matter. Anyway, there's a boss fight where you literally have to travel down like this kind of like river type thing in in a ghost world and fight all of the enemies that you killed throughout the game up to that point as ghosts. Ooh. And I think that that is just one of the coolest fucking things, especially when you take into consideration that it's talking about how fucking your player agency, to this point, you didn't have to kill any of those people. You could make this boss fight so much easier if you s- snuck around and and didn't kill anyone. Like, what? That, that's, that's the kind of shit... That- <laughs> that the last of us 2 wanted us to do is like struggle with the fact that we killed people except you fucking made us kill people like uh anyway um but the whole series is full of like these really nice and inventive boss fights but to me none of them ever touched psychomantis and the reason that they never touched psychomantis is because not only was it like well ahead of its time but it just did stuff that like Even now, like game designers aren't necessarily fucking doing like Psycho Manus literally, literally breaks the third wall to talk to you in this boss fight. And he tells you he reads your fucking memory card and tells you if you've been playing any other Konami games.
1: Yeah, that's pretty rad. Like cool.
0: What the fuck, dude? Who who is designing bosses like this? You know what I mean? Like, and not only that, but it's like on outdated fucking technology. Right? Yeah. Not only that, but like the lead up to him is very like interesting and very cool. But you get into the fucking fight and he tells you that like uh, he has telekinetic powers and you've kind of like gotten that here and there like throughout like the game leading up to this point and then he literally like and in fucking 1998 dude y- unless you had a strategy guide that you got from like fucking GamePro or, or or i mean they might have actually had strategy guides at the time but like um unless you had something like that or you were on the internet there were like things in this fight that you were like what like how am i supposed to beat this guy he's fucking invincible he would block all of your fucking moves like all of them until you moved your controller to the second controller port he would block everything because he knew what you were going to do he knew the inputs like that's fucking mind-blowing dude that's fucking crazy
2: yeah that's wild
0: i I don't know. I know it's gimmicky and, and like you look at it back at it now and they were very simple things that that you had to do in order for it to work out. And then once you figured those things out, it was a relatively easy fight. But like putting myself in those shoes back when I was a kid and not knowing any of that shit until like a year or two later when I finally like picked up a, a magazine or something was like, this is how you beat Psychomantis type type shit, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I had no fucking idea. I had no fucking clue. I thought that this was like the end boss, like th- this is it. There's no way to defeat him. He's in, he's fucking invincible. And then and then he tells you that you've you haven't been playing Konami games or you know shit like that. It's just fucking cool and. It will always stick in my mind as one of the greatest fucking boss fights ever. Even if, like, the actual fight itself isn't all that difficult, it's everything else surrounding it that makes it fucking incredibly memorable.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. I love Psycho Manus. I love Middle yourself
1: Yeah, I'm sorry that that was your favorite that got cut.
0: Yeah. I, it is what it is. I, I knew that something like that was going to happen. Yeah. So... Um, it is Austin's cut and Austin, cut?
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I, actually, for the team dog, it
0: mm, okay. I mean, you can if you want, I uh, think.
2: <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, uh, fuck it. Go I'm ahead. not winning against Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne, and I know that.
0: Well, well, I was gonna say, I think that it would be nice to split them up so that then we don't have two Souls games like back to back.
2: Oh, okay, I mean, sure. Um, Please I will
0: mm, I'll take Okay,
2: Thank All right. You. Bloodborne. Father, whatever that is. I'm not Father
0: Gasquin.
2: Gasquin. Gasquin.
1: Josh, this is yours. All right.
0: This is my second favorite fucking. <laughs> <possible>. <laughs> <laughs> uh the uh, part of the thing that really makes Father Gasquin really cool is that. He can technically be your first boss fight in Bloodborne. Uh, You don't have to fight the Cleric Beast. Um, The Cleric Beast is totally optional. Um, But, boy, is fucking Father Gasquin fucking cool, dude. So, you go into his little area, and it's like this little, like, well, not little. It's like this area that's just littered with fucking gravestones, and there's this gigantic tree, and... He's a hunter and he's sitting there and he's telling you like, I didn't remember exactly like all the stuff that he says, but like he is another hunter in this world where you are like fucking fighting these monstrosities and the, the plague or whatever. And so when you're fighting him in this first stage, he basically has all the same fucking moves that you do. So it's like you're fighting your fucking self. And you go in and he's got the fucking gun and he'll shoot you. And then he's got these wide sweeping like axe attacks and he'll fuck you up with that shit. And that in and of itself, I think would have been just a fucking cool fight. Like just two hunters going at it, you know, and seeing who's better. And I think there's actually an optional boss like later in the game that you can get that same sort of storyline with. Right. I never, I never fucking did that. So to me this this is it. Like this is the the way that you do that. Until you get to the second phase and then he transforms into this giant fucking wolf. And it's like I to this point had been playing this game when I when I first beat Father Gasco. And I think I beat him on my second try. I knew that these games were incredibly fucking difficult. And this one I bought on a whim because I had only played Dark Souls one up to this point. And Dark Souls One, I got through the uh Asylum Demon Demon. Is that it? Is that yeah. the first one? Yeah. I got through the Asylum Demon and then I kind of gave up because I got to the first little like open-ish worldish area. And I just died constantly. I would die from the fucking skeletons going down into the fucking catacombs. There was a part where I went into the fucking elevator and um, I went all the way down and then I got out of the elevator and immediately fell into a fucking like lake or ocean (laughs) and died like just nothing was going right for me in my first playthrough with Dark Souls one. So I said, fuck it. I'm not doing this. And... Bloodborne just was so fucking intriguing to me. So intriguing. I was like, I'm going to fucking give this another shot. And so going into Father Gasquin, I had played for probably five to ten hours before I finally got to him. And I think you could actually, if you just kind of like mainline it to him, you can probably get there in 30 minutes. Maybe. Like... So I knew what I was heading into and he still gave me a fucking hard fight. He still was like fucking pouncing around and like causing me to dodge and stuff like that. And it was like it was harrowing, man. It was something that I was like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fucking do this. And because I had been told that Dark Souls, you had to play defensively, you had to play defensively. I had tried that on the first round and then I was like, I go into the second one and I was like, I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm going to go in and I'm going to fucking damage this fool. I'm going to run away from his fucking attacks. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hit and run, hit and run. And I fucking did that. And I fucking beat him. And I felt like a goddamn God. I was like, I fucking ruined this dude's fucking day. Fuck his werewolf bullshit. I am a fucking God. And then I went to the next boss and got my fucking ass handed to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But But it, I mean, just to that point, like, I think that's what Bloodborne really separated itself from the other Souls games. It did it well because you, it rewarded you for playing aggressively. And God, it felt good, dude. Father Gasquin is it's not like the hardest fight in Bloodborne, but no. it was hands down one of the most fun. Cause like you said, it's Hunter versus Hunter and his axe much cooler than yours. I mean, <laughs> 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 a dude, he, and he could like do some crazy fucking attacks with it. Like, this almost whirlwind, and he could oh, if it hits you, dude, you're fucked. But he had yep. reach, he had range from the the gun. He he had your move set, and that transition into the werewolf was terrifying because he's talking. He's kind of talking about it throughout the fight or something. He's like the bloodlust is too much or something like that. And then you get him down to half health. He starts to glow like a super saiyan, and then he turns into fucking. Thr- you know he's three times the height that he was now he's twice as fast and he's flailing around, he's jumping and leaping. And it's just an incredibly like anxiety induced boss fight. But for all the right reasons, like once you did it, you just had this feeling of like your body kind of untensed itself and your blood's rushing and your heart's pumping. And it just feels so good. He was one of the, he was one of my more favorite fights from Bloodborne.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's for all the reasons you just said. Yeah. It's a fucking great fight. <clears throat> but Father Gasquin out at number three. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so number two, we have Dr.
2: M- Mar- Maruki. Mariachi. Maruki <laughs> Mariachi. Um, Persona 5. Is it Persona
0: 5 Royale specifically?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I'll be really quick on this because I touched on Doctor Markey a lot in our Sad Boy episode from a couple weeks ago, um, <laughs> that I think should have just been titled Free Therapy because that's eventually oh, it involved God, into. I forgot. Yeah. Um. And I. I really fucking love this fight. Um. I think that this might actually. I don't want to call it my favorite boss fight of all time, but it is from a game that's pretty fucking high up on my list. That, if not, is my favorite game of all time at this point. Um, and the reason for that is it's not necessarily it's not it's not really all that difficult or, or challenging, but it's it's the conversations that happen during the boss fight that really fucking hit me. Um, depending on which characters you actually bring in with you to the boss fight, Doctor Markey has very specific lines. Uh, In which he'll address each character in your party individually and it's essentially him saying like and it it got to me because like you can really hear the pain in his voice when he talks to them like he's begging them to understand him and, and accept what he's trying to do for them like he just can't understand why they're choosing a path of hardship and and a life that they won't get everything that they want and they have to deal with that why they would take that over what he was trying to give them. And it gets to the point where he is literally pleading and begging for them to do so while trying to kind of beat it into him. Um, Once you get through the main phase of the fight, the uh, Joker uh, will be separated from the team, and it'll be Dr. Maroki one-on-one. But at this point, both of you are starting to lose your powers. You can't summon Personas anymore um, because the entire Mementos is starting to fade away. And so it just turns into a fist fight. All while Doctor Maruki is just crying and screaming and just so upset over everything that's happened to him, and you can really see his his messiah complex kind of start to break him down because he was he genuinely thought of himself as a god at this point, and he was just he was so overcome with emotion, and it was just raw and and wonderful, and I I love it.
1: Cool i'm sitting here fucking PTSDing because i realized just how little i actually played of persona 5 and just how much is left on the other side oh because i didn't even see dr maruki's story truly start to unravel like he made his way into the game when i was Mm. playing but it's like i didn't even oh my god there's so much that game
2: his backstory doesn't start to pick up until you're probably at like the 4th or 5th dungeon of the game. So it's it's honestly it's fairly late when his when his shit starts to kind of get talked about.
1: Oh man. Sad.
2: Very sad. Very good. He's a very well-written I honestly think he's the best written character in Persona 5. <laughs>
1: He just laughed at you. No, Why you do that? no, no, no. I, I,
0: it, I, I don't think that you're wrong. It's just I, I don't think of him like that. I always kind of thought of him as fucking, I don't know, goofy. I, I mean, I also never fucking beat it. So. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. it, he's very goofy in the beginning, but towards the end, man, it kind of really fucking hits you I and mean, then it's great takes a turn It does takes a very dark turn very quickly speaking, of dark. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of dark
0: all right let's get to
1: your fucking
0: bullshit dylan
1: i could have chosen any dude i could have chosen five bosses from dark souls bloodborne Elden. i could have done any of that i had to get just one and it was a hard one to pick because it was really hard not to put Soul of Cinder on here. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if we're ever gonna do another boss episode like this again. I would love to talk about why Soul of Cinder is one of the best bosses of all time. But Champion Gundeer, on the other hand, is kinda of fucking amazing because the very first moment you start playing Dark Souls 3, you'll make your way through uh, you know. The graves or whatever, and then the first boss you fight within the first five minutes is a lesser version of Gundir. It's a it's a rough fight. You rip the the sword out from his chest, and he starts to stand up. And then and then this time you can like unload. You can assault on him, but you get put in your place pretty quickly as a first time Souls player in this fight. You like within five minutes, you're getting shit on by Gundyr, um, essentially because he's. Not easy if this is your first time. You don't know how to dodge and evade and stuff like that. It's a rough fight, but it's fair. His attacks are very telegraphed. You know what's coming. Um, the arena is cool as hell. Y- you're able to keep your distance, but you can get flung off the map. Um, you know, there's always that chance or whatever. There, there was so much right with that first fight, but eventually you conquer him. And you're like, okay, cool. First boss fight down, is dead, whatever. Make your way through the game. Mm-hmm. So champion Gundeer is an optional boss. Um, you have to go and you have to fight this boss called Osiris at some point, And it's rough, but after you beat osiris you can kind of make your way either back you can follow the you know path that you're supposed to take or you can go this alternate route and this alternate route kind of leads you through i'm not going to say like a ruin or a catacomb but it's just kind of like mm, just combine those two and you kind of got it um
0: a ruined catacomb
1: yeah a ruined catacomb (laughs) um (laughs) And eventually you kind of loop around. And as you begin to loop around, it gets really dark at some point. And when you eventually like fall off this little area type of thing, you find yourself back at the exact same place you started this game, except now it's pitch black dark. And it's the exact same scenario as the first time you went through. And you get a really uneasy feeling as you start making your way down the path that you've already made your way down. Are you making your way downtown? Walking fast. (laughs) Actually, I was walking fast because that place scared the shit out of me. Um, I did not like how dark it got in there Um, and fucking shit flying at you when the dogs are there and stuff like that. But once you get back to the arena, you know that Gun Deer was never really gone. And you enter the fog wall and there he is. This time he's kneeling down and he's very much awake this time. The sword is not keeping him pinned there. It was just him waiting for you to come back, essentially. And you approach him in the middle and you start the real boss fight with Gundir. And this time he's faster. He hits harder. He's able to counter you. He tested you first when you first step foot into Dark Souls. And he kind of tested you again here towards the end of your journey. He's like, let's see how far you've come. And it's one of the coolest boss fights they've ever done because it felt so fair, but so punishing. And it's like, you've already done the fight before, so you know what to expect, but he, he's just better. He's kind of like Father Gasquin. It's like he he's not really you, but he's fast and he hits hard and he's not really erratic until phase two. But even then, it's like, it's all manageable. And it's just, it's to show how far you've come along the way, man. It was so fun. Um, dark souls three has so many great fights. Soul of sender champion, Gundir, nameless King, uh, Gwen. I don't know. Not Gwen. Sorry. Gail. <laughs> Gwen's from the first one, but champion always stood out to me and I don't think he's talked about enough. I love him.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I never fought the quite like second version, but even that first fight, uh, you know, as quote unquote easy as it is, it's, still like one of those things that like i don't know it's such a spectacle and it's it's hard enough for when you beat it for you to be like oh fuck yeah i beat it you know what i mean
1: yeah for sure
0: um yeah i good choice very good choice thank uh, you i did i misread it i thought that you had the the soul of cinder on here Maybe I misread it or maybe I, I thought that you
1: were. Going no, to put on there. I didn't. Yeah. I, for sure. What I should have put it on here. It in the long run means more to me than the champion fight, but I just think what champion does is so cool. It's kind of like a, a testament to how far you've come in that journey in dark souls three. Soul of cinder is one of my favorite fights of all time though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, let me run down our list real quick, and we'll, we'll go in ranking. Uh, at number 15, we have Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, at 14, we have Calamity Ganon from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. From, uh, at number 13, we have the Agonizer 9000 from Borderlands 3. At number 12 is Dark Mega Man, Mega Man Battle Network 5. At number 11, we have the weapons uh, Emerald, Ruby, and Diamond from Final Fantasy 7. At number 10, Omega Zero from Mega Man Zero 3. Number 9, Atheon from Destiny. Uh, number 8, Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man 2018. Number 7 is Avion from Shadow of the Colossus. Number 6, ends Champion Battle from Pokemon Black and White 2. Or, Pokemon Black and White, sorry. Uh, number 5 is Ripto from Spyro the Dragon 2, Ripto's Rage. Number 4, psychomanus from Metal Gear Solid. Number 3, Father Gasquin from Bloodborne. Number two, Dr. Maruki from Persona 5 Real. And number one from Dark Souls 3, Champion Gun Gear. Woo! Woo, we did it. Yay. Yeah. Let's start doing these fucking ranking topics. Yeah.
1: What the (laughs) fuck?
2: (laughs) I don't know. I like to keep them coming. I mean, I do Uh, like them. Yeah. These are
0: fun. I like it. (gasps) Oh, no. What? We'll get into what we've been playing. We'll save the best for last. So, Austin, wait. do you want to start with...
1: Wh- hang on. What, what? What's going on? For the first time... Oh, dude, my audacity crashed. Oh, no. Oh, oh wait, we have the fucking weak Never mind. I was about to shit my pants. My heart rate started going up like this was a fucking boss fight. I was about to have to tell Josh. <laughs> I have no data. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I guess uh, just. um,
1: Oh, yeah, it's not. Dude, that sucks.
0: What program do you use? I use Reaper. Does it ever crash? Mm, Nope.
2: Okay. Is it free?
0: User error. Uh, Sometimes it crashes. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah, well, so technically, no. Uh, Technically, it's not free. You're supposed to pay like 60 bucks for it, but um, I downloaded. Uh, it, I don't know, over a year ago. I mean, we've been using it or I've been using it for the podcast pretty much since we started doing it remotely Mm. and, um, they haven't been like, your license is null and void. Oh, so technically,
2: technically it's
0: free. I mean, technically it's free. Technically it's not. Okay.
2: Well, I might have to switch over to that.
0: Yeah. But yeah, it also allows like a bunch of like input like presets and stuff, so like you can like Ooh. make sure that your voice is nice and pretty. And sh- oh, aw,
1: mine's always pretty. It is. That does suck though. I've never had a crash like that before. Interesting. It's not fun. Will it? Uh,
0: is it booting back up? Like
1: no, it's loading on that screen. You know how Audacity will flash before it pops Audacity up. Hmm. It's sitting on that. Mm. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, love that. That is so. That's really cool. that it's just going to burn into my screen while I fucking wait. It's not going anywhere. Anyway,
2: yeah. Uh, um. Okay. Me? Well, did you say me? Uh, uh
0: yeah. I'll, I'll cut all that stuff out, and we'll just. Uh, yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. Um. We'll take it from the top. So. We'll. Mm. Uh-huh. Okay, so Austin, yeah, you go ahead and tell me about Pokemon Dungeon Mystery Dungeon DX.
2: Yeah, so is on was, your list, right? Yeah, this is my second game finished. I'm doing it, guys. Are you Are you proud of me yet, dads? Are you? That's oh, ever wanted.
1: don't make it sound like you know
2: where your dads. <laughs> I mean, that's where where I was going, but um, yeah, thought, um, this was uh. I wasn't expecting to finish it so quick. Uh, I think I caught it in the mail Thursday, maybe Wednesday of last week, and I finished it Sunday night. Uh, nice. Genuinely did not expect that, but had a lot of fun with it. Um, this is really, a really cute game. That's kind of the best part of it. There's not a, a lot to it. Um, this is a remake of the original uh, Red and Blue Mystery uh mystery dungeon rescue team it had a really long name yeah it um, was like
0: mystery dungeon or like rescue team mystery yeah, dungeon
2: something like red and blue there was a yeah. red version for the Game Boy Advance and there was a blue version for the Nintendo DS. Uh I've never played the blue version, not sure why it made sense to split it up like that, but to Pokemon it did. Um so this is just a remake and it's a really fucking good remake. Um, everything is exactly the same from what I remember. It just looks pretty. It's just updated with these really cute, like, it, it has this really cute, like, like child, uh, uh, like, fairy tale book kind of art style to it. And it's very interesting. Um, it is essentially a dungeon crawler. The whole premise of this game is uh, at the beginning of the game, you're asked a couple of questions And based off the answers to those questions, it determines what Pokemon uh, you will be for your time in this world. Uh, In the original games, you were locked to whatever the questionnaire gave you. But in this game, if you decide you didn't like that option, you could just pick any of the options available, which I think was kind of dumb and kind of takes the whole purpose of the questionnaire out. Um, You essentially have the choices between all of the generations one through three starters and then a couple of extras like Pikachu, Eevee, uh, I think Cubone and Machop are in there, and um, you get to you get to pick one of those to permanently play as, and then you pick one uh, as your partner. You're essentially a human turned into a Pokemon and kind of dumped into this world where only Pokemon inhabit and can talk and have sentient conversations. And you decide to form a rescue team. Uh, there's a lot of natural like disasters that keep happening and are getting more frequent and the need for rescue teams to rescue Pokemon from these uninhabitable areas is growing larger. Um, the story is not very good. It's just kind of very childish, like simple Pokemon story. There's not, I I will say the ending is cute and sad because Essentially, the whole point of you turning into a Pokemon is you came into this world to stop a meteor from crashing and basically killing everybody. Uh, And to do that, you fight through a series of increasingly more difficult dungeons, but still don't really get all that hard because it's still a Pokemon game. Uh, They had to make it easy in every fucking genre, I guess. Um, It doesn't really get hard until the last dungeon, which is full of nothing but, like, fully evolved dragon types, so, like, Salamence and Altaria and Flygons, and it's fucking annoying. Um, But the story is cute. At the end of it, you have to go back to the human world and you have to say goodbye to all these cool friends and companions that you've made through your whole uh, journey, except that that's not what happens, because for whatever unexplicable reason that the game doesn't decide to explain to you, you get dropped right back into the world with no context as to why you came back. Um, at least from what I've seen so far, I haven't played the post game and don't really plan on it. It's just going to sit on my shelf for probably two years until I inevitably get bored and decide to actually play through that. Um, but it was great. It was a good time. Glad I played it. Probably not going back to it anytime soon. Glad to cross another one off my list. I will say it is a very fucking strange design concept to me, um, to not allow you to evolve until the post game. Uh, that, Maybe it's because I guess if you were fully evolved By the time you got to do the final Mission of the main story maybe you would be Too overpowered and just kind of breeze through it But like it it was just Still weird to be playing as a as a Cyndaquil and a Totodile and have to stare Down like all the Legendary birds from Gen 1 And Raquaza and Groudon and it, it I don't know it just kind of looked and felt weird um, But yeah It was a fun game I, I wouldn't recommend It though If you're not a Pokemon fan, I wouldn't.
1: Ringing endorsement.
2: (laughs) If you're a Pokemon fan, you'll probably love it because you probably buy everything else they churn out anyway.
1: Hey, that was personal.
2: Was it? Yeah. (laughs) It was. Have you played Mystery Dungeon?
1: No, I haven't. I just haven't played it. But I fucking bought it because it was Pokemon.
2: Yeah, it's... You 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 might get some enjoyment out of it. You just recommended everyone not play it, but to me you're like you should. It's so okay. good. If you're a Pokemon fan, you'll like it. Yeah, okay. But if uh, you're not, you won't.
1: Well, I'm happy you finished it. Me too. Ringing endorsement. I too finished a game. <laughs> he did. It, it's called yeah. Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Is the name of the game. Um oh. it was it was it was good. I don't know uh, if it's it's not Spyro. So, you know, I had my issues with it, but uh, it was pretty fun. I had a good time. Did you beat it on stream? No, I told everyone that the night before I beat it, I was getting off and I was like, we'll probably wind up streaming this um, tomorrow and we'll beat it before Elden Ring. And then that is the night that Elden Ring came out early on Steam and I was morbidly depressed that I couldn't play it. So I just sat there and sulked for a couple hours playing Crash off stream (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I did beat it. Trophy's there, so you can all go look at that. It's beautiful. Um, nice. The last bit of the game was, was just the entirety of the game. It was it was pretty fun. Um, I had a good time with it. The difficulty is absolutely still there, but it really stepped up towards the ending levels. Um, like in the last five or four uh, levels that I... I played, it was actually excruciating at some points, reaching high, high number of deaths. And it was frustration and sleepiness and sadness that I wasn't playing Elden Ring. There was a lot to it. But this, the whole time that you're playing the game, you're utilizing different masks. Um, some of the masks can control, not some of, um, one of the masks can control time. Another one can control gravity. So you can like flip the world upside down, essentially. Um, one makes items appear and disappear, like phasing out of reality and stuff like that. And then one makes it to where you can um, kind of turn into this like super tornado, essentially. Um, so I think the v- very last or maybe even next to last level, the ending sequence between checkpoints had you utilizing, like the masks, you can't just equip them and use them. They're like floating around on the map. Like, you know, the, the level that you're playing on and the ending sequence to this level in particular had you like jumping, picking up a mask, falling a little bit, activating the ability, reactivating the ability, like falling a different way, grabbing another mask. It was a pain, dude. It was such a pain in the ass. Um, I was fucking I've never gotten that frustrated playing any game. Um, it was, it was rough, but it was difficult and you know, it forced me to keep going. I wanted to get better at it. Inevitably I did it. And then, uh, the final fight with, you know, the end boss, it was, wasn't hard per se. If I would have had to like restart every time I died, it would have been harder. But ultimately, I mean, it was, it was an easy enough boss fight. It kind of utilized all the masks once again, um, in a different aspect, uh, but it was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed my time with it, but it was it was pretty short lived. It wasn't too terrible, uh, too terribly long of a game. But that was number four this year. There we go.
0: Cool. Oh, well, uh, I've only been playing one thing, uh, and that's the game that we've all been playing. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about it, Elden Ring. Elden Wing. Elden Ring It
1: will be Game of the Year
0: Probably We'll see
1: I'm not even talking about On
2: this podcast
0: (laughs) Fair enough Fair enough
1: Yeah
2: To be fair Does Uh, it have a lot of competition This year? uh, Horizon God of
0: War Does it? No Fucking Fuck God of War No I'm just kidding
1: It's gonna win Just kidding Elden Ring's gonna win But God of War might
2: I forgot, I completely forgot that that was even going to be a thing this year. I'm not going to lie. I know, it's because we've all
1: been distracted by how good Elden Ring is. (laughs) It might not be a thing. We'll see. That's true. Probably not. Could get delayed. Yeah. Yeah. But Elden Ring's pretty fantastic. Yep, that it is. Uh, I want to start
0: by asking Austin uh, how he feels about it, because this is Austin's first Souls game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The first, well... Technically, Demon's Souls was my first, but I never even got any progress done at all in Demon's Souls. Um, that it effectively made it made me want to chuck my PlayStation 5 into oncoming traffic. <laughs> um, but Elden Ring is much better. I mean, I'm still dying just as much, but at least I'm actually doing stuff now. Um, I really enjoy this game. I expected to fucking hate it. I I expected to get it and... Play it for ten minutes and be like, "Yep, this is hard." Fuck that. But it, it's weird because I now I'm I'm kind of understanding. Like every time I die, I'm not really getting frustrated. I'm I'm, but I'm sitting there thinking like, "Okay, what did I do wrong, and what can I do differently?" Um, I haven't beat any major bosses yet at all because I have just been. Well, I, to be fair, I've restarted my game three times already because I didn't like what I was doing so far and I didn't know how to how to effectively change it as quickly as possible. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just restart and go do all the same shit I just did. Um But I'm having a rad time. Uh it's a lot of fun. The whole world is just I I am very mesmerized by the entire world of this game. Uh it is just it is just fucking beautiful. It is a beautiful fucking game. And I'm having a great time. Um, I think that I am kind of feel like I'm at a point where I'm ready to start attempting some of these big ass motherfuckers. Uh, like I fought the Tree Sentinel today, and I before he killed me for the first time, I I had him fucking close. Like I think if I would have stayed alive for maybe two more minutes, I would have killed him. Um, and that probably isn't a lot to people who are playing. To most people who are playing Elden Ring and enjoying it. But for me, that's a really big goddamn accomplishment that I got him that far. Um, So as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to go back in and try to kick his fucking teeth in.
1: Yeah, I mean that is an accomplishment though, especially someone coming from outside of a you know the the Souls franchise. Did you do it on horseback?
2: Uh, no.
1: If you do it on horseback, I did it on horseback. Yeah, got off. It 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 makes it substantially easier because you can just run around him essentially and. Yeah. It it's it's learning a different style of combat, but it's a lot better, in my opinion. But I mean shit, do do you. That's what Souls games are kinda there for. I'm glad you're at least liking it though.
2: I am. I I, I will I am gonna try that fight on horseback now that I think about it. I really don't know why I didn't try that to be yeah. the whole fight. I did it for a little bit, and then I let him kill my horse by just being a fucking idiot, not paying attention.
1: Did you have you figured out that you can use more than R1 on a horseback? You can use L1 and it'll attack the left side too? No. Yeah, I, I just figured that out the other day. Way too late.
2: <laughs> I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. That's neat.
1: It is. It made my life so much easier when I figured that out.
2: I am going to go do that now.
1: Because usually it's just blocking. But once you're on horseback, it's attack left or right side.
2: Oh, okay. Yep. That kind of changes it.
1: Yep. But it's it's a, yeah. it's a lot of fun, man. I'm glad you're digging it. The the boss, if so, tree sentinel is optional. You could come back later, and you don't have to do it. But like the the first boss that is not optional, I'm curious to see where we stand when you get there. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. The name is Margot. Let us know when you're there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you should be fucking scared, dude. I died to that motherfucker probably twenty or thirty times before I yeah. got
1: him.
2: I um there there's so many like there's so many of like the optional bosses in this game that have that just have these ridiculously fucking easy kill methods. Um like my buddy was sent me a video the other day of apparently there's like a sleeping dragon that I guess just doesn't wake up and you can just fucking hammer him from behind and he drops like 70,000 fucking runes. Oh. I think it's And I've then seen the that. um there, there's it's close to the start of to like the first uh, couple of areas you have access to. And there's a bridge that at night, there's like a black knight that appears on the bridge. And if you if you kind of trail him off on this like dirt road path, there's a bunch of fucking gas mines that will kill him for you. You can kill him without even fucking touching him. And I think he drops like 120,000 or something like that. Jesus that's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's some free levels right there. So I might go try that just to get some free levels before I fight whatever motherfucker you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So real quick, that dragon, uh, mm-hmm. Austin. Yeah. I, I found out where he was. Okay. Mm. Um, and he's in a part of the map, uh, that according to, the thing that Dylan sent us in the text the other day mm-hmm. is four characters who are level 60 to 70. Nope. <laughs> That'll be fine. So, yeah, so my buddy said He luck. was
2: just dodging a lot of <laughs> shit running through that forest.
0: Yeah, dude, I, I haven't even attempted to fucking try that, that shit yet.
2: He said it was just a forest, just full of fucking dragons. And Great. he just had to run and dodge them and just hope that they didn't catch up to him. Beautiful. Can't wait. That.
0: You got to love that. Um, All right. Well, I mean, Resident Souls expert, uh, Dylan, I mean, what are are your thoughts?
1: I feel like... I feel like how when we talked about the Pokemon Legends Arceus episode, or, you know, we talked about the game on that, I said that I set my expectations really low, and I was still somehow let down. With Elden Ring, I couldn't do that. I couldn't temper my expectations. I was, I was, you know, I was in it to win it. Like that, that it was my game coming out. I knew it was going to be great. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, it was it, ex- it exceeded those expectations. It was a complete polar opposite to Arceus. Um, it is. I can't believe how good of a game it is. I can't believe what i'm playing half of the time it feels like a true spiritual successor to dark souls it kind of combines both that and bloodborne a little bit um but still makes itself feel entirely new with miyazaki's charm on top of it i can't believe that what i'm playing half the time man it's the world austin said it and it's nice to hear him say it coming from someone who's not a fan of the Soulsborne franchise. It's a beautiful world. It is more beautiful than anything I've seen in recent memory. I think the art direction for this, we talked about it in, you know, we did a special about like, we just got some, you know, heavy news dropped on Elden Ring way back when, and we did a special about it. And we said the art direction for it looked incredible, but actually getting to play the game and, you know, invest yourself into it and explore this, these areas, it's unreal. And you keep finding new areas, the more you invest yourself into it. It starts off absolutely beautiful when you get into Limgrave, but then the f- the further you branch out into different directions, whether it be the Weeping Peninsula or, you know, beating Margit and going beyond that and beating Godric and going beyond him, it's like just continues to lead you into areas that you, you don't anticipate. It's absolutely incredible. Um, but overall i mean the mechanics man i'm having so much fun with them the fighting is fluid go ahead
0: uh, i was gonna ask you uh, so you're you're of the opinion that dark souls 3 is the best uh from soft title correct
1: uh, yeah like it's my favorite truly okay. like I, I, I hate saying that, though, because Bloodborne is right there, dude. There's nothing differentiating the two. I love them both. Bloodborne is is different than, you know, Dark Souls 3. It, it does so much right with its art direction and its combat and its aggressive playstyles, And it's fucking beautiful. But then Dark Souls 3 kind of loosens up you know the the mechanics that dark souls 2 and dark souls 1 had and it makes you feel a little more mobile i guess you can say and the fighting in that was was a lot of fun um but i do prefer dark souls 3
0: okay yeah yeah well i i guess the the reason i ask is because do you feel like this is like a uh how do i want to put this um what in comparison like in in terms of like mechanics and uh like uh like i guess overall design is this hitting it for you in the same way that that did or is it do you feel like just too different to even compare
1: i feel like it does it better (laughs) in every way um I I can't put it into words, man. It's like. I get really. Dark Souls three came at a time in my life where I needed it to come into my life. I needed something to. Just kind of take me away from everything that I was dealing with, and it truly did that. I had a blast playing with all of my friends in Dark Souls three and just learning how to play it. But artistically, mechanically, in every way, I feel like Elden Ring is just better um, so far. I could be terribly wrong at the end of it, but it also has uh, the kind of world design that I like. It's completely open. Um, And I mean that quite literally. It is completely open. There is no hub worlds. It's just there. Fucking go explore it.
0: Yeah, that, so that's one of the things that has immediately, like, uh, fucking stood out to me. Like, just uh, the first thing that you get out into, you have this in- gigantic world to explore. And, I mean, it might be different for some of the, like, later end game uh, places. Because, I don't know, I haven't filled out the entirety of my map yet, right? But, like, from what I can tell, this game is completely open. Like, you can li- literally go anywhere and do pretty much anything you want right from the word go. You want to go take on the final boss immediately? Fuck it. Go ahead. Well, actually, I don't think you can do that cuz story reasons, but like if you want to go to like one of the high-end areas that you shouldn't be going to until you're like fucking like 50 or 60, you can fucking do that. And that is something I was not expecting at all. Like I was expecting it to be these I feel like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, especially Bloodborne, um, but I mean, Dark Souls also have these, I don't want to call them open because they're not, but they're very intricately designed levels that you can take and kind of, for the most part, go and do everything the way that you want um, in any kind of fashion that you want. And I feel like this takes it to like an extreme where like the open world design is full of so many like different pathways and different, like just like detours and, and what have you that you could literally take this game and you could go and I mean, I obviously I think you, you have to fight some of the bosses in order to get to the final boss. Like again, story related reasons, but, um, like Godric was the first boss that you and I fought that was like, well, I guess Margot technically is, is story related too, but in terms of like the, the shard bearers or whatever, Right. right. He's he's the first one. And I don't think that you necessarily have to go to him first because the area after the castle, uh, I found this out much, much later. (laughs) But you can actually go around the castle and go to the next area if you want to.
1: Oh, yeah. I read something like you can completely walk around that shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had no clue. I was like, "Well, you got to go through the fucking
0: castle." So I did my, my fucking, my shit, and I, I went through the castle. But then, I was like roaming around Limgrave, just you know whatever. And I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go over here. I haven't done this yet." And um, it's over near the bridge where you pick up, uh, where you can pick up the, um, the finger reading lady. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, and over in that way, there's a little path. that you follow and it cuts all the way around the castle
1: oh dude i think i found that and then i turned back because i got my shit stomped there's like a cemetery close to it i think so yeah i I think that's right oh dude and that completely leads on to the new area yeah i didn't even think i just backtracked because i was like okay let me go face margot robbie real quick and then that's where i got distracted at and then i just played on from there but i cannot believe that shit you're right you don't even have to do godric
0: yeah, and not only that, but like, I, I think it's the only reason that I knew that it was like after the castle is because there's a little back door entrance <laughs> into the castle that it le- like immediately uh, leads into Godric's th- throne room. So I was like, oh, okay, so this is where I'm going to end up when I beat Godric.
1: <laughs> like, no, nope. and
0: I, it was just something I fucking stumbled upon, like uh, just exploring. So Yeah. I, it really is one of those things that like I, I I think that the the fucking open world is doing the Souls brand so many favors. I like the game really or the games really were like do it however you want. Do do your thing. Do however you want. And now it, it really is like a matter of like, I want to go do this. Okay, I'm going to go do this. Like, the only thing I'll say I'll, I'll say that I think is maybe an, a knock against that is that um, I do think that some of the some of the um, areas are definitely like y- you'll go in there, you'll get your shit stomped immediately, so oh, you yeah. know it's it's not like a place that you need to be. So like it's, it's gatekeeped or it, it's not, uh, it's gated to an extent, but like not to an extent that I think that it matters.
1: Um, I think it came at a time to where really it was needed. I don't, I don't think any it's like almost like Pokemon, right? If you kept giving us FromSoft games that were along the same lines of a B- Bloodborne or Dark Souls Three, like where it was where it was more or less open, but not really, because you know, we we clearly have what open world from soft game looks like now. We have that clearly defined. But you know, back on Dark Souls 3 or Bloodborne, it was like, here, do your own thing. This what we have now in Elden Ring really innovated at a time where not necessarily we needed it, but it was just there. It was perfect timing. It completely switched up the formula, and it it took everything that our favorite games from Miyazaki did, and it's like here it is on a much bigger spectrum, and you can truly see what he's been working on since twenty sixteen. Well, not twenty sixteen because Sekiro came out, but um, this is this is much more in line with the From Soft vision to me. Sekiro is its is its own thing, but. Um, I don't know. It just it it completely changed what I want to see going forward from them. Um, I don't even know if I want an Elden Ring two. I mean, clearly I do, but I haven't finished this one yet, so I don't want to say anything, but it's like. I really appreciate what they did by opening the games up the way they have, because It's look at what Austin's doing the whole time. Austin is just exploring because he can and it's fun and he's finding new shit and he doesn't have to go and face bosses like in Dark Souls. You kind of have to to progress in Bloodborne and so on and so forth. You can explore all you want to, but ultimately you're going after those bosses. In Elden Ring, you can you have a whole world that's just teeming with things to find. You can just explore and explore and never get bored. And there's always something to see and it's beautiful. And yeah, you might venture into a 60 plus zone and you might get one shot, but you had fun doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bring this to you. Uh, cause Austin is a relative newcomer. Um, In terms of the difficulty, how do you think that this matches up with the others? Um, Because let me put it to you this way. Okay, this is what I've been telling people because I've been talking to people who are like, well, I don't traditionally like these games. I don't know if I I should play it, you know, whatever. Um, And I've been telling them that it is both the most difficult and the most accessible that any Souls game has ever been.
1: I I think I would agree because i've not really had situations in this game where i'm just hard stuck i haven't the market kept me down there for a while but as i guess as souls veteran this one is very ascertainable to me um But I also think they've put things in this game that makes it incredibly easy to step into and stand a better chance. On top of that, they've made it less frustrating by not only including, you know, the bonfire mechanic of the, you know, now we have graces, but we have little statues that we can be revived at. So that makes the corpse running a lot less frustrating. These people who've never had to experience it before. Um, But overall, that is
0: something that I have really enjoyed, too, because, yeah. Those little statues uh, will put you closer to where you died. And that way, like you're
1: not losing out on fucking hundreds of thousands of souls. (laughs) Truly. I mean, they're there and it it is fantastic because in an open world, you kind of needed something like that. And I think they tackled it very well. I think it was a great addition. And that makes it easier for people to come in and not be put off by the idea of, oh, well, I got to run from you know, this starting church all the way to market because I died. And this is the last bonfire or grace that I rested at or whatever. It's, it's much better in that regard. But overall the bosses feel, they feel good. They feel balanced. Um, like the tree Sentinel, you can tackle it boots on the ground or you can tackle it by horseback. Now and by horseback, it's much easier. I feel like they've given players ways to, kind of open up combat and delve into different things and see what really works for you. And some of it is a lot of fun and overpowered. Like some of these summons that I've seen, I've really made it easy for people to come in and just absolutely slaughter bosses. Um, oh, but, but my mechanic of playing my preferred style is I'm, I'm melee only. I don't, well, I want to do magic, but it's going to be on another playthrough. Um, I, I chose for whatever fucking reason to make this as hard as I possibly could on myself with no magic or summons, but (laughs) um, in doing so, I've really had to delve into these bosses and learn how they work. And it's, it's been a lot of fun, man. Like, uh, Margaret really held me down. I had to learn my timing. I had to learn posi- positioning Is your best friend in Dark Souls or just uh, Soulsborne in general. Positioning will get you killed more times than, you know, a fumble with the controller or you misread a moveset. Positioning will literally murder your ass every single time. Yep. Back yourself into a wall, dead. Get flung off a cliff, dead. You know, like <laughs> it's it's it just happens. Um, but then I, I went on and I faced Godric and it's like, oh, get shit on punk like you're supposed to be a demigod what the hell just happened like it was almost laughable I went in there and I essentially looked at that fight as the as fucking what did we just say from Bloodborne Uh, Gasquin yeah father Gasquin it's I went in there like I was fighting him because I just it was like I played it one time really defensively and I was like no I, I don't think this is gonna work for me the next time I go in there I was just swinging Dodging, Like every time he would roll, I would roll. I, I could always wait for the perfect attacks. Like he had a lot of very transparent attacks coming my way. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like this one is a good one to step into. If you have not yet experienced the Soulsborne game, I feel like it truly allows you to play how you want to. It allows you to take on bosses when you want to. You can continue to level up and level your equipment up. So you're much stronger, but in, in order to do that, you have to explore though. And you can get that kind of experience that Austin is getting by like, Hey, I just want to go and explore the world and level up my shit. Because what he's doing is he's setting himself up for success. When he does go face Margaret, um Godric, and all these other bosses, tree Sentinel and stuff like that, like that rewards the player for exploration. Um, yep. It's a, it's a good time, man, but it can be difficult. Truly. Like there's been some seriously perilous circumstances, some some that I don't even expect, like some of the harder. Oh, man, I wouldn't even say it was a hard boss, but there's a a boss. You and I were talking about it earlier today. Um, It's a boss in a place called Castle Mourn, and I forget exactly what the boss's name is. But this is such a Bloodborne fight. It's not even funny because it's moving fast and it's erratic. But again, the attacks, like you can see them coming. It's it's your fault if you get, you know, dicked by one of these attacks. But it's it just feels, and maybe it's because I've played the game and you've played the games for so long, it's easy for us to sit here and say, like, anyone can do it. But I just feel like this is a great game for people to come into the Souls franchise with. That was a really long-winded answer, man. I'm sorry, but this is this game makes me happy (laughs) yeah i i feel you and i totally 100 percent agree with you
0: i think that uh if if you're gonna do a souls game like you should do this one or i i i have a hard time recommending uh bloodborne because i think bloodborne's really fucking hard it is and really fucking inaccessible um
1: Dark Souls 3 I, is a good one.
0: Yeah, that that's going to uh, that's what I was going to say. I think the Dark Souls 3 would be the one that I would pick as like the next if you want to try your hand at Dark uh, like a, a Soulsborne like game, this this would be the one that you should go with. Um and then Dark Souls. Um But yeah, I, it was something that you guys both brought up is fucking um the the horse. Mm -hmm. I fucking think that that is one of the things that really has like stepped up accessibility. And in my opinion, mounted combat makes, makes things a lot less hectic and you, you can't use it in battles obviously because, or, or boss fights, uh, because the boss fights are usually locked up in like castles and shit like that. So they, they're like away and your horse can't get into them. Um, or I don't even know what it is. Cause it's got fucking horns. <laughs> like, <the laughs> fuck <is that? laughs> um, maybe I'm riding an ox. I don't fucking know. Uh, but, um, anyway, yeah, it, it can't get into some of the boss areas. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, but like the optional bosses, it has made things so, so much easier. Uh, for me, because I, it is a lot more about like it, you said positioning, right? Like I fought, I fought, uh, one version of the cavalry knight uh, enemy that Austin was talking about earlier. Um, and the way that I beat him was, I basically just ran around circling him on the horse and fucking dropping spells on him, Uh, like as I went around and like. I don't even fucking know how I would have tried to approach that fight on fucking foot.
1: Like, yeah, I don't even know if it that can't be done. It. You know Dude, what I mean? The, like, the, the tree sentinel fight's the same way. Like, when, I, when he started hitting me, when I was on the ground, I was like, okay, it's horse time. Like, I was not about to fight on the ground <laughs> while he's sitting here on his 20-foot tall horse and I'm just getting shit on. Um, so I can only imagine the cavalry fight, but... That horse, man, it's like my new buddy. I love it. As, and his name is fucking Torrent. How cool is that shit? Yeah, that's awesome. And I don't know, man. I just really like his overall aesthetic. Like, yeah, he does have horns. Is it a horse or a fucking ox that you're riding? But I don't know. I I, I super dig it. But anyway, back to what you were saying.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to say that, like, I, I do think that, like, uh, this game has something to offer to everyone. Um, like it, it it is accessible enough to where like, I, I really do think that if you wanted to make this a game where you just kind of ran around and like took pictures, well, it doesn't have a photo mode, but like if you wanted to just ride around and take pictures of the fucking scenery through like the, the PSN capture or Xbox capture or whatever the fuck, like you could do that if you wanted to. And I I don't think that the game would necessarily uh, hurt anyone who wanted to do that, if that
1: makes sense. Um, I've never seen a photo mode in a Souls game, but I would love one in this one.
0: Yes, fucking for sure. Like, this game, I feel like is screaming for a fucking photo mode. Like, I kind of hope that it's introduced in a patch. Not that I would use it, but for the people who do, like...
2: Oh, I would use it. Uh, i, I uh, mean that would we'll be probably get some cool fucking shots dude him.
1: i i've been the first thing i looked at on day one of playing was did it have a photo mode because i wanted it so badly yeah it does not
0: uh <laughs> i i also feel like it, it, the f, like you could do this game like you don't necessarily have to do the story at all. Like you could just go in if you wanted to like, just ride around and like dungeon crawl. You could, Mm -hmm. I, I really think that this is a game that will work for a lot of different people for a lot of different reasons. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I guess vamping.
2: Also, the point. character customization is really in-depth and really cool. Yeah, that's another thing, right? Like I, I made th- Aaron Jaeger from Attack on Titan, and it looks really cool. Oh, my God. I've been calling are. it Eldian Ring for, like, the last three days. I
1: hate you. Fuck off.
2: <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that.
1: But, no, character customization is great. Um, fuck. I want to keep talking about things, but inevitably we're going to wind up doing a spoiler
2: cast honestly are we gonna do a spoiler cast for this god i hope in the six months it takes me to finish it
1: <laughs> i mean shit though you can play for that long and still have stuff to find that's the cool thing yeah yeah
2: honestly.
0: that that's the next thing that i was actually going to bring up if we, if we wanted to keep talking was i do feel like this game uh I, I i don't remember if i said it earlier or not but um these games don't tell you anything at all Mm -hmm. like at all (laughs) and fucking i really like that i can just ride around if i fucking want to and find something and explore it and there's so much of it to explore it's kind of unreal like Mm -hmm. i i I don't know fucking how many bosses there actually are because i feel like i've i've found some So I I told you guys last night, I was like, I, one of the things that I wanted to try to do was I wanted to try to, um, uh, see if I could run down every boss in the game on my first playthrough. I found a list and I wrote it down and I've been checking off on it. And, uh, by the way, I am at 35 bosses beaten, um, throughout the entirety of the game as of right now at about
2: Jesus Christ,
0: I'm about 35 hours in. So I'm averaging roughly one an hour, um, which, uh, has been sped up significantly since I started researching or or not researching, but like, uh, exploring because some of the bosses in some of these like caves and shit are fucking cakewalks, dude. They are fucking easy as shit. The, um, Oh, f- oh, fuck I, uh, the coastal cave or whatever, where you have to fight the two Demi humans. I went in there and just fucking cleaned house, dude. <laughs> it was So easy compared to like what you guys were going on with the, with the fucking, uh, the tree sentinel, uh, I, and the, and, and, Margaret, and not Godric. Godric was a fucking cakewalk, too. Yeah. Uh, um, but, like, I went in expecting to get my, my fucking ass chewed up in that fucking cave. And I came out and was like, well, that just happened. Um, fuck. I, I lost track of what... Oh, okay. So, I, I've killed 35 bosses and... I haven't even fucking killed all the ones in the first area yet. Yeah. Like there's so much fucking shit to explore there. I mean, Gil said, uh, he, you know, he was, I guess he's playing on Xbox, but he said in the discord the other day that, um, there was something he found in the castle. And I was like, I don't fucking know what you're talking about. And it was like something that I just, I, I feel like I explored that castle pretty fucking thoroughly. And, I never found it. And that's... I, I don't know. Like, that's really fucking cool to me.
1: Yeah, there's a lot you can... I mean, that's just it, man. There's so many bosses. There's like a hundred something, right? Including all minis and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, oh, there's... Over, yeah, well over a hundred.
1: Yeah, which is crazy to me. Because when I play... Here's my thing. I'm going to completely go a different route real quick. Um, like, completely different track I'm sorry but what this does and the reason because I'm thinking about how many bosses are in this game what does this do for the no hit community (laughs) like oh dude it's going to be such an amazing experience I know a couple people like Hob and Dino are already like practicing and routing and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do that's great but there is such a thing in all of the games that we've already talked about tonight like Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne there is such a thing as an all boss run I can't see that happening anymore.
0: There's no fucking way. Cause nope. That would take, like, I I said I'm 35 hours in, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I've beaten only 35 bosses. That's, like, maybe a third. Yep. So you're looking at, like, a fucking what uh, a fucking 90 to 100 hour playthrough
1: oh yeah and it would have to be like what hob does with the god run it would have to be segmented it would have to be like a five day thing right because they're going to find faster ways to do it or whatever but i don't know but mostly it's going to have to be you know the main the shard Bearers or whatever it's going to have to be those and that's going to be the no hit run or whatever but i don't know i just think it's so crazy um what's to come from that side of the community
0: yeah for sure uh that is uh something that like i i probably wouldn't have thought about because like i'm not i'm not there like that's not where i like hang out and like it's not a circle i follow you know yeah but but yeah that's i mean there are interesting implications for sure with that um
1: it's gonna be a fun time
0: yeah uh I don't know where else to take it. Um I I don't I mean if we if we are planning on doing a spoiler cast, I, I do think that um we don't want to shoot our load too early, Uh-oh. so to speak. Yeah. But um yeah, uh I mean, spoiler alert, this is my game of the year so far.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, And I I don't even like, I mean, I haven't really put any time into horizon. I've played two hours. uh, So I can't say for certain that um, horizon won't, you know, get up there. And I know that triangle strategy is coming out in two days and I am ultra fucking excited for that. So, um, you know, there's a chance that it beats it. But right now, I don't think that there's anything even really remotely close.
1: Nor should uh, there be.
0: Yeah. This is just it, it's a it's an astounding achievement. I mean it really it, like I I feel like I, I'm going on and on, but like I, th- I don't know how like if you had asked me I got into an argument with someone. Uh fucking I don't know, years ago, I feel like uh, when the whole accessibility thing for Dark Souls started becoming a, a, like a, a rally and cry, like people were like, you got to make these games easier. It was probably r- around the time that Sekiro came out um, and I was like, no, it's it's their game. Like you don't make the game easier. Like there is, you don't put an easy mode in fucking dark souls because that's not how you like that takes away the entire purpose of playing the game. These Ooh. games are meant to be tough as nails because they expect you to fucking master them. This is what people were going through in the fucking eighties when they were playing fucking arcade games. And those arcade games were eating fucking quarters. They expected you to master it. If you didn't want to lose your fucking money. Right. Dark Souls is that same sort of fucking philosophy, I I think, to a fucking, like, nth degree. This game, or these games demand perfection. And if you can't do that, like, that sucks, but maybe they're just not for you. Mm -hmm. And not every game has to be for everyone, dude. Like, I don't play fucking goddamn Disney tie-in movies. You know what I mean? Like, those are not meant for me. It doesn't have to be. That's okay. This, though... Or, or well, what I where I was going with that is, when people would say something about like making it easier or making it accessible or whatever, I wouldn't like you can't put a, an easy mode in these games. Just I'm sorry, you can't. But I tried to find ways that I thought would make the games more accessible, and in my wildest fucking dreams, this is not what I would have come up with. It works so fucking well. It is unreal. This game should not, it shouldn't work the way that it does. It really fucking shouldn't, but it does. And I don't know, man, I, I am enamored with it. Uh, and I can't wait to get to the end. This will be the first Soulsborne game that I've beaten. I've never beaten bloodborne. I've never beaten, uh, dark souls three. I've never beaten dark souls one. I've actually never played dark souls two, but people tell me that you don't have to worry about that one.
1: We won't talk about it. <laughs> um, it has my heart. It, like you said, I, you know, and I said it too. I set my expectations high. I couldn't help it. I couldn't temper them. Like we've been talking about doing more recently and I didn't have to because this exceeded every expectation I've ever had for any Soulsborne game. it, it drives me to explore it. It it just makes me strive to be better. I am having a blast learning the combat style that I've chosen, the weapons that I really want to use, which we didn't even get into. I'm not going to get into them now, but it does everything right. And I have not felt what I feel now playing this in a game. since The Witcher 3, probably. I don't know. I mean, that I mean, it's it's been a hot minute i mean dark souls 3 i guess but even then just the sense of exploration and wonder that i have it is absolutely incredible and unmatched by anything i've played
0: well hell yeah uh austin you got any closing thoughts
1: um sorry that we kind of fucking (laughs) took it and (laughs) ran
2: with it that's okay it's a it's a great game i'm excited to keep playing and i'm excited to keep learning and i uh, might finish it maybe sometime reasonably soon maybe i don't know just depends we'll on how long it takes <laughs> me to grasp this shit
1: i mean i mean it's gonna take a while but that's that's the fun of it i mean you have a whole year to just kind of dabble i feel like we all need to be playing it makes the bosses harder but we should
2: play it at some point together yeah i'd be down that'd be yeah. down all right all right well that's uh it. end of the show
0: let's get into our uh picks of the week i we always forget about those do you i do okay well uh my pick is uh actually elden ring related so okay. um souls games again are notoriously inaccessible uh they don't tell you things they don't try to teach you. Oh well, that's that's unfair. That's not what I meant to say. They don't outright explain anything to you um like in like exact terms, saying like this is this is this, this is this, this is this sort of thing. Um so going into this game, I decided that I wanted to try my hand at magic uh and I've never played any sort of magic build before, so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, and I knew like all my other souls experience, uh, I've been like, okay, I'm playing a night. I'm just going to dump everything into vigor and strength and, and stamina and boom, I'm done. Like, you know what I mean? But, I didn't know what the fuck I needed to do with my with my stats or anything like that, so I I started looking around to see like if there was explainers for like what stats go with what, and there was this video I found called the Ultimate Elden Ring Stat Guide, and it is from a v- relatively small YouTuber, uh, Scumnut. In holy shit, within the past three days, he's jumped twenty thousand subscribers. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I, oh, damn. Shit holy fuck that's crazy uh well anyway so yeah um and it basically it literally just goes through and breaks down what all of the stats are what they affect um and it doesn't give you it's not like a build guide it's not like do this if you want to do this sort of thing it's like these are the stats here's what they do um and that's about as much as i've done in terms of like research but it was a very helpful video, and if you feel like you're lost in Dark Souls or uh, whatever the fuck this game is called, Elden Ring, <laughs> um, I think it's a good good uh, starting point for, like, newcomers. Hell yeah.
2: Austin. Yes. JoJo? Um, yeah. So I'm, I've already talked about it this episode, but uh, so I... My pick of the week was uh, Jojo Part 5, which is Golden Wind. I really do feel like this is one of the only Jojo parts that you can watch out of order. Because while it still has the whole stand issue and kind of it kind of talks about Dio every now and then, but like not very often, there's not really a whole lot tied to the previous parts. Um, and I just, I think that this part so far out of what I've read and seen... Is exceptionally different. The character designs in Part Five are so like vibrant and colorful and different and unique, and and I I love it. I love every single character that I've been introduced uh, to so far. Um, part Five also has a really wonderful scene, uh, which is just your stereotypical JoJo beatdown scene. Except in the manga, it's fucking eight pages long, and it is just as goddamn long in an episode, and it is wonderfully fucking animated, and, um, yeah, should, uh, JoJo has been really fucking great, and I've been really enjoying part five. Go check it out. It's cool. Lots of femboys. Caught me off guard. Oh. Caught me very much off guard. Every single character I got introduced to before I heard them talk, I was like, oh, I really like her art style. She's kind of cute. And then they talk and they have a deeper voice than I do. And I was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So mine's a hodgepodge because, Josh, you kind of inspired me. Um, I think everyone like go absolutely check out what um, – Josh was talking about, but fucking dabble in the Twitch side of things. There are a lot of streamers right now who are doing some crazy shit with Elden Ring. They, yep. Did you hear the part where I muted my mic because I absolutely just did
0: that? <laughs> my I, I bad. Did you say some shit and then <laughs> cut
1: out completely? Uh, no. They're absolutely doing some crazy shit right now. Um, Dino Singale and Happy Hob both are prepping for no hit runs as well as uh Killa will be as well um those are the three that are kind of really into the competitive not competitive but the the challenge run side but then there's two uh, other streamers lee xp and crusader they're more casual players but they're also really good at the game and they kick ass so just check out any of them there's a ton of people streaming elden ring still it's Probably the highest played game on Twitch right now, if not one of uh the only thing beating it is just chatting. It is still the highest played game on Twitch right now <laughs> yeah that's just I know like,
0: how you feel about that
1: <laughs> yeah I don't i you should have seen me my face when I saw what I yeah it uh, oof made me want to go drink, Josh, I'm not even gonna lie to you. <laughs> Oh, anyway, just, just check out any of those, uh, people's, they stream pretty much every day, dinos in the morning, Hobbs in the afternoon, Lee and Crusader both, uh, towards the afternoon. They're on right now at eight, nine, nine o'clock, 9.00 PM Eastern. So I don't know, check them out and watch out oh. to done. <clears throat> have some fun. There we
0: go. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I have a quick question for you. Um, Who do you think gets
1: it done first? (laughs) Ha Dude, I, oh, I've been thinking about this so much, dude. I want to put all my stock into Dino one more time, but it's hard because this is such a different game to run. Um, you know, before it's, I'm not, it's not linear by any means, the older games, but it was very much more straightforward than what we have now. So, i'm putting all my stock into dino i hope he gets it i love hob to death but i think dino truly has the focus to get it done so very cool i'm going with him
0: all right well we'll see i'm gonna i'm not gonna put any money but i'm gonna i i hope the hob gets it because he he cracks me up he's fucking funny as shit he is
1: fucking Um, hilarious dude
0: that whole shit where he was doing his God run, uh, I think it was last year, and he had the the reform top oh, or whatever yeah. after he got banned. That was some of the funniest fucking shit I've ever watched <laughs> on a stream ever. Yeah. I would fucking crack the fuck up. He would just sit there and like say the stupidest, most corny shit, and then like He would have his little mental breaks where he would insert like a clip of himself screaming.
1: Right. (laughs) Dude, he kept it going for like he is truly one of the most entertaining people on Twitch, man. It's that whole facade is over now. But just going back to watch some of it, like he was he had it all planned out, like he was banned for two weeks. He comes back. He's Hob reformed. Now he has video clips of PTSD moments to go back into it. And slowly but surely cracks started to appear on the screen itself. And eventually the whole facade shatters. Here comes headband Hob telling his chat to fuck off, calling them all cunts and shit like that. (laughs) Like it was it was just fucking amazing, man. I absolutely love it. And I love him, too. He is a, a very, very fond part of my uh, Twitch family. So uh, check him out specifically. Fuck everyone else. Just go check him out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh, let's let's get on out of here. Um, as always, you can find us on social media for all things. Culture pop hunting pixels and the culture pop family of content. Culture pop is available on Twitter. Culture underscore on Instagram at culture underscore and on the YouTubes at culture pop. I am available on Twitter at the Bebop man 182 on Instagram at bebopman 182 and on Twitch at the underscore BebopMan. Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on YouTube at OMDizzy.
1: Yeah, if anyone wants to pay the kid that has the OMDizzy moniker on Twitter that never fucking uses it, please let me know. We can work <laughs> something out, because then everything I have would be OMDizzy. But there's one fucking 10-year-old kid who just had to take my handle.
0: God damn you, ten year old kid! Right? How fucking dare you? Don't you know we have a Twitch God on our hands?
1: I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to be a Twitter God. Getting there,
0: truly. Um. All right, uh, Austin. god damn that yep. you guys derail me, and sometimes my brain's just like, yep. Where the fuck was I? (laughs) It's almost like you gave me like a little
1: bout of dementia real quick. little. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put you you guys think that I'm joking. Probably. I just put something in the private chat. Uh, There really is a fucking 10 year old kid with my Twitter handle.
2: (laughs) Holy shit.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty mad about it, dude. Oh, that's amazing. He has zero followers. Fucking undo my handle. I'm Maybe done.
0: Twitter will get rid of him.
1: Yeah. Or no, that was almost crossing the line. Let's continue on. <laughs>
2: I'm going to message him and ask him for his handle.
1: Oh my God. Hey
0: man, can, can you, can you, can you let go? Handle my friend
1: needs it, dude. Come on. Kid's going to message you back with a fucking figure. He needs to see before he'll give up the handle. He's going to be like, yo, for Honestly. a thousand bucks, we can talk. Anyway, derailed you even further. Sorry.
0: God. Yeah. Uh, Where was I? What year is it? Big Papa. (laughs) Uh, Austin is available on all the things uh, that is Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok at Big Papa plays. Lastly, if you like what you are hearing here, uh, do us, do us a favor. Okay. Go to your friends who listen to podcasts say hey you like video games okay well even if you don't do you like podcasts okay you do yeah you do you stupid motherfucker you listen to them all the time maybe don't say that last part but anyway you go to them and you say hey i got a podcast for you it's called culture nope nope it's not culture bop it's hunting pixels and you uh, you should go listen to it, because it's funny, and uh, they're likable guys, and they're a bunch of assholes, and they talk about really good shit. Um, anyway, yeah, tell your friends about us. Uh, I said it before, I'll say it again, this is the year of growth. We are, we're trying to, to grow this thing um, in all avenues, so do us a favor and tell your friends about us. Next thing, though, if you like what you hear, and you want to support us financially you can go to com. nope that's not right either you can go to com slash culturebop and you can toss us a pledge we have several tiers all with some really cool perks uh that uh yeah i mean i, th- I think i think it's a, a nice little community we've got going over there and uh yeah so join it and uh get your name in the credits like uh all of our patrons do um they're in the show notes every every week, and then they get a monthly shout-out, so. Oh, man, my brain is fried, so let's fucking not delay this any longer. Bring in the—what's the thing they used to get done where they put the, like, the nail in the nose?
1: Lobotomy. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Whoa. It'll cure, It'll cure what? Uh, my insanity.
1: Oh. oh, didn't they used to do that to cure uh, homosexuality? Did they? It was something like that, or maybe no. Nah, there was some fucked up shit they used to do with that. I don't know. Okay. Well, oh. you took me to a dark place. I started. I started flashing back to a life I didn't even live, where it just happened to someone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> What are we doing Yeah, that's who it was. Uh, That's who it was. He's the one that got the nail in the body. You're right. You're right. You're right.
0: Okay. That's the end of our show. (laughs) We're out. That's it. We gotta go. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, Goodbye.